0: No, no. What happened?
1: He hates bright lights. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight.
2: Welcome to episode 12 of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I am Sherry. And I'm David. On this episode, we will cover the 1984 film Gremlins. Um, do you want to start out uh, with our histories first? Yeah, yeah,
3: I will take the lead on this one as far as the history. I guess my history with this film is i seen this in the theater during its original run. My memory is vague in some ways on it, but I do remember... The theater was pretty crowded when I went. And I remember enjoying the film a great deal. And of course trying to find any Gremlins merchandise that I could find. I had the Gremlins trading cards that they used to sell. And I still wish I had those. Those are probably worth a lot of money now. And I got the Gremlins. They were these little plastic rubber kind of things. That you would put in water. And then they would grow. And I remember specifically having those because i remember putting on both it was a stripe and a gizmo you put them in the bowl of water i put it up under the sink under the shelf up under the sink i got it out the next day and they were big
2: oh. so i
3: don't know why they had to be in the dark but i remember for some reason that they had to be in the dark i don't know why well and they course, don't
2: like light
3: well there you go that <laughs> might be what it is i mean that makes sense it would tie in and i also had a little tiny kind of gizmo plush But, you know, this is a film I've watched many times over the years because, of course, I loved it during its run. I believe I've seen it twice in the theater. And then, of course, I got it on video, watched it on HBO many times and on the DVD, and I think we even have the Blu-ray now. So, but this is an all-time classic to me. I mean, this is going to be one of those films. I will nitpick little things in the podcast as we go about how gremlins can walk on snow and not multiply when it's liquid. (laughs) But despite that, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of going to tip my hand on my review at the end. But I mm-hmm. genuinely love this movie. But that's kind of my history right there. And uh, let's hear what you got.
2: Um, I was six years old, so I was pretty young when it came out. Mm-hmm. We didn't go to the movie theater like you did. Yeah, um, we were pretty poor, so we didn't go.
3: Well, you had a big household yes, too, so it would cost a lot of money to yeah. take. Yeah, and grade. my
2: dad wasn't a movie watcher. Mm. So like he didn't really like us to go anywhere without him
3: when we were little. That's understandable.
2: I didn't get to go to the movie theater that much. I do remember seeing it on VHS. It was everywhere when it came out.
3: Now, do you remember how old you were when you seen it on video? Not really?
2: No. No. I can't even remember what year we got our VCR, so. Oh, wow. Okay. I remember one of the first things we watched was Footloose. The very first thing I watched was First Blood. Oh, yeah, that's right. I yeah. remember you
3: telling me about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't know what years those came out.
3: First Blood was 1981.
2: Okay. So we probably had a VCR at that point.
3: Well, on video. No, it came out in theaters in 81. Oh, 81. Now it might have came out on video later on. Uh, July, okay. So. Well,
2: whatever years those were Yeah. is when, when I had a VCR in love with Gizmo like everybody. Mm-hmm. Like he was like the baby Yoda of the 80s. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> Which pretty uh, I think baby Yoda is very similar to him. Yeah. As soon as he was in that little pot, I was like he looks like Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, I've watched it so much through the years and then it's just something that I've continued in my own household with you just we watch it every Christmas usually. Yeah. Um it's your typical kind of um cute but it does have that underlying kind of dark
3: you know to it we'll definitely get into that as we go through the plot synopsis for sure
2: and there's scenes that are a little bit (laughs) out there for a kiddie movie but
3: well yeah um but we'll get into that too this wasn't really a movie intended for little kids yeah yeah but, you know, so, I think parents assume they've seen a cute little gizmo. Like, oh, mm, there's something for the whole family he's to go gonna see. going to bite
2: your face off. But
3: then, you know, <laughs> gizmo's cute. The other ones yes. aren't. So, yeah. But, yeah, like I said, we'll get into that definitely as mm-hmm. we go through the plot synopsis.
2: So, I mean, my history's just that I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one I'll always own, no matter what format it's on. I'll always have a copy of it. And, you know, it's one that you can go back and watch anytime.
3: Oh, yeah, and I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
2: kind of like Burbs to me. It's, you know, I think Dante's movies are generally kind of that same format where it's easy to watch no matter when you're trying to watch it or what mood you're in.
3: Well, that's that's uh, my feeling on this But I think general. that's a
2: good format. Oh, yeah, I can't like, argue with know, that. You know, it'll stand the test of time and... You can watch it with your kids if you have kids and watch it with their kids. And my my history is just like most people with this movie. If you loved it then, like I continued my whole life loving it. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I can completely understand Mm -hmm. that. But that's about it. Okay. Well, I guess uh, now (coughs) we will drop the trailer in right here Mm -hmm. for for the film. And then we'll come back with the cast, uh, crew, and the plot synopsis. Okay.
1: Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home.
0: Billy, is that you?
1: Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night,
0: maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a
1: date with
0: me? I'd love to.
1: And loving parents who are about to give him... You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift... (laughs) he ever got what is it it's your new pet come on bonnie be a good dog my dad gave it to me but there are a few things to keep in mind if you expose it to the light you may hurt it if you get it wet it will multiply all that from water they got wet yeah plain water and most important no matter how much they beg never never let them eat after midnight because when they do they change. Yeah. Rafe. Yeah. They become clever. <laughs> mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Looked, huh?
0: Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of
1: them.
0: Well, I, I don't know, maybe thousands. <laughs> They've been here too. Billy, what are these things?
1: Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. <laughs> Grandmas. Directed by Joe Dante.
3: They'll be expecting you. Okay, and uh. Now we are going to jump in here, and I guess uh, director Joe Dante, we have already talked about him previously on our Burbs episode, but Mm -hmm. just to give a little uh, background again, he directed the films Piranha, The Howling, and of course The Burbs, and the film Bury the X, a couple of Masters of Horror episodes, I mean, one of them I definitely recommend, I think I recommended it on the Burbs episode called The Screwfly Solution. Like I said, one of the bleakest hours of TV you will ever watch <laughs> in your life. I mean, I just sit there and I think about that episode times. I'm like, it just makes me down even thinking about the episode. Let me put it that way. Yeah. But, you know, we went over him before. He needs no introduction. And then we jump into the cast here. We have Zach Galligan as Billy Pelzer. Now, I've seen a number of films he's been in. And I've dropped a few here. He was in the movie Waxworks. He was in Hatchet 3. He was in a movie called Raw Nerve and one called Cupid. And he appeared in TV shows such as Pacific Blue, Dr. Quinn, Star Trek Voyager, and Law and Order. And he's still working today in various things, you mm-hmm. know, little film roles and little TV roles. So he's... I'll
2: always remember him from Gremlins there. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I definitely do too. I mean, he seems to be working pretty steady. I mean, he's not a really a big name exactly, but he keeps busy. And now we have Phoebe Cates' Kate Beringer. Now, I know her outside of this film the best from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't think that was her first film, but it was one of her early movies. And she was in film uh, Drop Dead Fred, uh, Bright Lights Big City. That was the Michael J. Fox drug movie. And uh, she was in a film called "I Love You to Death." And you said she was in a movie called "Date Date with an Angel." Date with an Angel, which she was the
2: bitchy girlfriend.
3: Yeah, I have not seen that film in years, and I totally forgot she was in it.
2: Yeah, there was a funny scene where she was drunk because she was mean. She was a mean girlfriend. Yeah, and she was jealous of the you know because he was falling for the angel, and she ended up having this hilarious scene in her panties.
3: Okay, yeah, I do not yeah. remember that movie at all. I remember watching it, yeah. But she's I don't just remember just
2: in her it. panties. Oh, it's funny.
3: Okay, yeah, I don't even know if that, I wonder if that movie is even out on DVD. I, or doubt, it. Yeah, I, I yeah, doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. she only has nineteen film credits. Wow. And she retired in nineteen ninety four because she married actor, I think Kevin Klein.
2: Did she? And she oh. just, I
3: guess, she became kind of a just a mom oh okay. I, she just dropped out well,
2: that's what you want to do
3: i think she may did one film appearance in 2001 it was a movie called anniversary party with jennifer jason lee because okay. she was friends with her she just kind of came out of retirement and did that one film and hmm. then after that nothing but i guess i assume that she must just be happy you know she felt like she'd done all she wanted to do and she's like a mom now i mean it's too bad actually i always thought she was really good any movie i ever seen her in i thought she was good even if the film itself wasn't and next we go to Hoyt Axton as Randall Pelzer. Now he's appeared in such films as Endangered Species, Heart Like a Wheel, Richard, Retri- and Retribution. I think he's mostly more known for his, a musician. Yeah, because I didn't really think to write any of them down, but he did a lot of soundtracks and a lot of music for movies and various other things. But he was on TV shows too, like WKRP in Cincinnati, Trapper John MD, Cover Up, and Different Strokes and he passed away in 1999 yeah uh, I totally forgot that he had died I don't know for some reason I didn't think he was as old as he was but yeah I guess apparently I was wrong on that and next we have uh, Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman now this is one uh, of Joe Dante's mainstays I think Joe Dante always tried to work Dick Miller into any film that he did I guess Dick Miller was his good luck charm And, uh, of course, uh, Dick Miller has been in films such as Bucket of Blood. He appeared in The Terminator. He was in The Howling, Looney Tunes Back in Action, Matinee, Unlawful Entry, just to name very few. And, of course, he was in TV shows such as Erie, Indiana, Lois and Clark, Sister Sister, E.R. And he had 184 credits before he passed on in 2019. I, I thought that was... I thought he died a little f- further that. back than that hour. That's for me. not. And uh, we have uh, Frances McCain. Is, uh, I think she was uh, Billy's mother. And I f- totally forgot to write her Lynn name Pelzer. down. Lynn Pelser. Lynn mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't write her name down. But she appeared in such films as Back to the Future, Footloose, Stand By Me, and True Crime. And TV uh, shows like Hunter, Dallas, and Trapper John, M.D., and Three's Company. Now, I'm going to kind of single her out for a minute because her part wasn't really that big in the movie, but yeah. she was, like, really good. She came out swinging. Yeah, she was, I mean, I, I'm going to just have to give a little special mention to her <laughs> because I thought she did good because I said she only had maybe, what, ten Three or minutes? four scenes? Yeah, maybe yeah. 10 to 15 minutes of screen time, mm-hmm. all total, but she, mm-hmm. she was really good in the movie. And then, of course, we go back to another person who's worked with um, Joe Dante before, and that's Corey Feldman, who played uh, Pete. And Corey Feldman, of course, is in films like Stand By Me, Lost Boys, he was in Friday the 13th, part four, and Bordello Blood. And of course, The Burbs. Finally, the last one I have here is Polly Holiday, who played Mrs. Deagle. Oh, God. And here's the strange thing about Polly Holiday I thought I had seen her in more stuff than I had. <clears throat> She only has 39 credits.
2: Really? She was in an episode of Golden Girls.
3: Yeah, that's what I have down here. She was
2: Rose's blonde sister.
3: Yeah, she was in the remake of The Parent Trap. She was in Moon Over Parador, Mrs. Doubtfire, and The Heartbreak Kid. I guess where I'm thinking of her is I used to watch the TV show Alice when I was a little kid. Oh,
2: you remember her from that. Yes,
3: and maybe that's why I'm thinking she was in more stuff because she was on that show for a long time and then they did a spin-off of her character. I think her character was in flow and they did a yeah. spin-off of her character maybe that's what i'm thinking of and that's why i thought she had did more than she did or it
2: could be once she play somebody like miss Deagle, there's nowhere else to go
3: yeah yeah oh yeah and <laughs> that's true i mean like i said i have it written down here golden girl she was mm-hmm. on tv she was the equalizer and she appeared in the tv series amazing stories but like i said 39 credits i was just very shocked by that yeah. because i like i said maybe i was just mixing up the show alice Seeing that so much when I was a kid that I just thought that she was in everything, maybe. But that just really threw me off. But did, did you have any um, cast or anybody you want to talk the about? The voice
2: of Gizmo was Howie Mandel. Yes. Isn't that cool?
3: Yeah. He, and the mogwas
2: all had voices, separate voices.
3: Yeah, because I think Stripe was done by Frank Welker, who does a lot of voice work. He does voice work on everything from like Futurama and oh, stuff even is. now. Well, I'm going to spoil a little bit of my trivia. I think Howie Mandel, actually, when they had to dub this film into German and various things, he had to do Gizmo's voice in German.
2: So he had to learn German? He
3: had to learn the lines (sighs) and little lines in German.
2: Well, doesn't Gizmo really only say one thing at the end?
3: Well, he only says a few little things like, you know, like bright lights. Oh, that's true. You know, so he had to learn that in German. He said
2: something at the end of Ellie
3: yeah he had to learn all that stuff yeah gizmo's voice and say it in german too in various other uh, languages
2: and the dog barney's name was mushroom
3: yeah yeah i like that dog that dog was very cool in this movie (laughs) why he just reacted to everything but (laughs) that's it okay that's it well i guess if anything we can go into plot synopsis now
2: um we start out in chinatown chinatown and it shows randall randall pelser and he's kind of crossing the street. He says he's got a story to tell, and it does like a little
3: yeah, uh, you know, voiceover.
2: voiceover there. Yeah, And he kind of meets this little boy outside an underground store. This little boy looks like Short Round.
3: Similar, very similar. It's like he
2: was almost too short round.
3: Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah. I could see that.
2: Randall tells the little boy he's looking for a Christmas present for his son. And his son's Billy. So they go on into the store. And it's a very Chinese kind of... There's lots of Chinese collectibles yeah, in the little,
3: store. Yeah, little little and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah.
2: We kind of see an old man smoking a pipe.
3: This is, um, I forgot to mention him, this is actor Key Luke. Yeah, who um, was a monk who trained David Carradine in the Kung Fu TV series.
2: Wow. Yeah. He looks like he might be blind. One of his eyes is completely kind of white.
3: Yeah, I always assumed that myself.
2: Randall introduces himself to the old man. And he tells him he's an inventor. Yes. And he gives him one of his business cards. Just kind of starts doing his salesman spiel. Yeah, he does his pitch. He's trying to sell him this product called the Bathroom Buddy.
3: Oh, yes, yes. And it
2: does all this different stuff. Like it has a toothbrush. It has like...
3: Uh, toenail clippers. Toenail clippers. It has all kinds of different things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think like a shaving...
3: Yeah, like a razor for shaving.
2: He presses it and it sprays like... Shaving cream all over him, and he just don't worry about that. Um, now was that this
3: scene? Okay, I thought that was when he does it again. Oh, okay, later. okay, I didn't yeah, realize he that was this scene.
2: Or maybe it was toothpaste.
3: Yeah, I, I want to say it was toothpaste because I thought yeah. the shaving cream was in that one. When, yeah. Uh, he was Maybe so. the razor. Yeah. That
2: was the updated version. Yeah, there. You go. Yeah, yeah there,
3: that's it. That's it.
2: Bathroom buddy number two, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah,
3: the revised version. Yeah. yeah.
2: So he's um while he's kind of doing his spill, you just keep hearing something making little noises.
3: Little chirping noises. Little
2: noises. and You're like, what is that? He keeps turning around, looking like, what's making that noise? He just keeps on talking to the old man.
3: Yeah, just pitching as a product to him.
2: And then once that the noises start keep happening he kind of walks over to where it, he thinks it's coming from the little boy tells him it's a magwa.
3: yeah he kind of lifts like a little a covering the box. Over it, and yeah. and you don't see what's in it he but you just hear it. he sees it and yeah. you just hear gizmo singing but you don't know his name's gizmo they just call him a mogwai
2: randall immediately offers him 200 for this magwa. oh yeah for billy the old man's like he's not mogwai's not for sale and Randall just keeps trying to, well, I think he didn't originally offer him 200 he offered him 100 He offered
3: him $100 and 200 and I think he even went up to three. He just kept throwing $100 bills down. Yeah, and he
2: wanted this thing for Billy.
3: And I think the old man was like, you know, didn't want to sell him because he said Mogwai is too much responsibility. responsibility. Yeah.
2: He just kind of walks off, and the little boy tells Randall to meet him outside. That they need the money it goes to a scene that shows randall just kind of walking around in the alleyway or yeah whatever. kind of
3: pacing the, the alley
2: yeah and the little boy brings the box out with gizmo he hands it to him and he tells him there's three rules that you need to always follow when you have a magua and number one is no sunlight
3: yeah because do that'll kill him
2: two is do not get him wet
3: Don't give him anything to drink or anything.
2: After Midnight is number three. Don't feed him after midnight. Yeah. Then it kind of moves kind of, you know, you got Christmas music over the soundtrack. And that's my favorite Christmas song of all time.
3: Yeah, we move into Kingston Falls on around Christmas time. And that's the one thing. It's like this is like what you would call like a Norman Rockwell kind of all American towns. You know, it just looks like. You know, an average town. Yeah. That's, and, and that's one of the things I know I really liked about this movie. It didn't take place in some exotic place or nothing. No. This was just like any town.
2: And it's, you know, there's snow on the ground. You know, kids are running everywhere. They look, they got book bags on. They look like they're headed to school. It kind of shows like a um Christmas tree lot. A man comes up. I don't know who he was. Who was that guy? He was just
3: one of the town locals.
2: Yeah, he was pretty much trying to score him a free christmas tree yeah
3: pretty much yeah and
2: then the other guy comes up and said he already bought his christmas tree but he paid for it mm, yeah. <laughs> just kind of knocking him you know yeah, yeah. snippy yeah yes. he's like you cheap ass get your own <laughs> pay for your tree exactly <laughs> <laughs> we then move to the first scene that shows billy
3: billy is uh trying to start up his old uh i guess what bug, bug. Yeah. yeah and it's just not happening
2: yeah He's got his dog Barney in the car with him.
3: Yeah, Barney, his uh, constant companion there is dog Barney, which uh, I love that dog.
2: (laughs) He has a really expressive face.
3: Yeah, yeah. And like I said, he reacts to these Mogwai and everything Mm -hmm. in an interesting way.
2: And what I like about Barney is that he's clearly a mutt. He's not like some full-bred dog. Yeah. You know, they want him to be a certain thing. Oh, there you go. He's a mutt. And he's cute. Mm-hmm. billy kind of gets out of the car and he kind of lifts the back of it up and just smokes pouring out like obviously he has problems with this car all the time
3: yeah i think this is a normal occurrence for this car
2: and i don't really know how old billy is maybe in his early 20s maybe. i
3: was laying into that assumption yeah. myself i want to say early 20s he's
2: still living at home with his parents well but he has a pretty professional <laughs> job so i was thinking maybe early 20s
3: I always and I was looking this up when I was doing some research on this film but I never could find anything I always wonder if originally they he was supposed to be younger
2: yeah that would have made more sense to me
3: I mean, and maybe the studio or something said this movie's kind of dark. We don't want... We want
2: it to be a teenager. Yeah,
3: and we want to be a teenager and not a little kid little that's going to be put in this kind of peril. Right. Because Billy, you know, he gets kind of roughed up oh, in yeah. this movie. So, I mean, I was trying to find some stuff about that because yeah. I thought that was odd, but I never really found anything wow. that jumped out at me.
2: So, I don't know really how old he is. No, but no. He... His neighbor is Mr. Futterman.
3: Yeah, uh, Mr. Futterman comes out. This is Dick Miller's first appearance in the film. And he comes over talking about, you know, foreign cars foreign and... cars, and how they ain't worth the shit and everything, <laughs> you know, which uh, that sounds like my grandpa and all them when I was <laughs> yep. a kid. So uh, that, that little conversation took me way back in when I was a kid.
2: My dad and brother would always have the same kind of conversation about Fords because they were Chevy people
3: oh well there you go Yeah, <laughs> I heard those same conversations I know which ones you're talking about
2: when I looked at Ford's my brother was like you can't have a Ford I'm like I'm pretty sure I can have what I want <laughs> Yes, yeah, right.
3: this is America I can have what this I want it's
2: my right to have a Ford yeah this is America <laughs> yeah um so he's just pretty much like they're crap foreign cars are crap you need to get you an american-made car so billy's pretty much just trying to get away from mr fuderman as fast as he can
3: yeah i you almost get a sense this kind of conversation goes on all the time every day because
2: mr fuderman's lost his job so he has nothing but free time on his hand obviously so he's just talking his ear off and he and and billy's just kind of like grabs hold of barney like let's go we're just gonna walk to where we're going You pretty much see that he's walking through town, and I thought, like, it was cool that there was an old Burger King.
3: Oh, yes. The old
2: Burger King sign, but it wasn't, like, a Burger King like it's now. It's almost like in a little store. Yeah. On, like, a Main Street little town.
3: Yeah, um those kind of signs and those kinds of little buildings when I see them in the movies, mm-hmm. they just really just take me back. Yeah, when I see it's that. just
2: like when I saw that old Burger King sign, I was like, that's so cool. And I was actually
3: back when the burgers actually tasted really good. I like
2: me? Burger King, but they're not as good as they used to be. No. They're regular cheeseburgers I don't like, but if you get one of the flame broiled bigger burgers, like the yeah. Baconator or whatever, no, that's Wendy's. If you just get like their, what's their version of a Baconator? Yeah. That's
3: good. Okay, I
2: He's just walking across town, and he's headed to work.
3: Yeah, and he uh, shouts out to one person whose name is Dr. Moreau. <laughs> he does? Yeah, he says, uh, good morning, Dr. Moreau. <laughs> so, basically, we got a man living in town who gene splices animals and people. Oh, wow. So, you know, I guess uh, Dr. Moreau, after he escaped from the island of Dr. Moreau, I guess he... Uh, <laughs> he
2: came to this little yeah, town. Yeah, came to
3: this town to hide out. Oh, and wow. And I guess keep his real name, apparently. <laughs> Uh, you think you would have a alias, but...
2: So Billy goes into the local bank, and we find out he works for the bank.
3: He's like a teller at the bank.
2: Yeah, and he goes in, and he puts his little clip-on fake tie on, sets his um, name tag up upside down, and oh, cool. didn't realize he did. Yes, And he actually talk, takes Barney in the bank with him and ties him under his desk. I thought even in the 80s, I don't remember that being a thing.
3: Well, this is a <laughs> I small think town. dogs are
2: more welcome now in places than...
3: That's true yeah uh, well they they maybe they were very loose with the rules uh, yeah i guess that so. i don't know
2: well those well those guys came out they had to like that they didn't know he was there
3: well that's true maybe he just maybe barney's a very quiet dog and maybe you don't so. know he's there
2: so i don't know he he ties up barney and this is kind of the first thing we meet kate yes she's also a teller she's phoebe kates she walks up to Bill and she's asking him to sign this petition to save a look like, was it hurt that bar she worked for
3: I want to say it was. was They're trying to say,
2: like, Miss Deagles wanting to shut down that bar. It's
3: like a local landmark.
2: Yeah, and Billy's like, I'll sign it. Yeah, because my parents got engaged there. And she's like, everybody's parents got engaged Mm -hmm. there.
3: Yeah, it was like some kind of place. It's like a pub,
2: bar. Yeah, something like
3: that, I think, yeah.
2: They kind of give each other the little googly eyes through the movie. So you kind of figure they like each other.
3: And that's one of the things I can say in this movie is that, They played off of each other very well.
2: They look like they're just made for each other.
3: Well, and I remember, I think it was Joe Dante said this is like when he read, I think Zach Galligan, they weren't really sure
2: about about him, him,
3: about casting him in the movie.
2: This was his first theatrical movie.
3: I think it was. I'm not sure. I saw that. Oh, it was? Okay.
2: Yeah. So he's a newbie.
3: Yeah. But I think Joe Dante said when he read with Phoebe Cates, it was just they click and he said just even looking at he said he didn't know if Zach Galligan was genuine in this or not but he said he could tell he was in love with her right when they was walking in there
2: and you talk about the scene where he caught him laying his head on her shoulder
3: I think so he laid
2: his head on her shoulder and and Dante was like it's perfect
3: because yeah I mean and he said that they just kind of clicked yeah chemistry wise
2: I thought that was funny because Phoebe Cates said that she didn't remember auditioning with him
3: really really <laughs> burn burn (laughs) i mean i think she auditioned with a lot of people i'm sure Yeah, yeah because i think if my memory was correct she was cast before the lead was
2: maybe they just took their time more time with that
3: and the studio didn't want to cast her fast times at ridgemont high was a pretty racy film oh yeah and she did one other film where she had this like nudity in it i cannot remember the name of that movie But I think they were basing it on those two films of like. They thought she wasn't a fit for this. Yeah, they thought she wasn't. Yeah, family. Well, family oriented, considering what happens in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I just uh, like I said, I thought they played off each other really well in this movie.
2: They were good. They were sweet. Um, and then we see we move to a scene of this old woman oh. stomping through town, and she's holding like the head of this porcelain snowman. Yeah, this
3: and this is Mrs. Deagle. Deagle, she's
2: yeah. mean to everybody in her path.
3: Oh, she is the the Grinch of this town, yeah. hands down.
2: You get the feeling pretty soon in the movie that she pretty much runs the whole town
3: in her way. I yeah. think
2: her husband was the run- head of this town, and now he's dead. Yes. She pretty much runs the show. Yeah, and she's not very nice to anybody.
3: Uh, yeah, we get that pretty quick. Here. Yeah, she
2: runs into a family and the 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 mother's with two little girls, and she's asking for more time on a loan, that, and that, that her and her husband aren't going to get paid for a couple weeks. And this
3: is Mrs. Harris. And yeah. this is another one who's worked with Dante before. She, uh, her, her name is Belinda Belaski. Oh, okay. And she was into Howling, Joe Dante. So as I said, we talk about how Joe Dante likes to use people he's used before. Well, you they're, know,
2: somebody's good, and they're you like working with them. Why not?
3: Yeah, I mean, her role is very small in this movie. She only yeah. has like two scenes. Two scenes, but, but you know, pretty
2: much begging for Miss Deagle to help her. Yeah, in both scenes, or at least
3: cut them some slack. Yeah, and cut help them, some, them
2: like give them some more time on yeah. a bank loan, but Miss. Miss. Deagle,
3: of course, she's having it. She loves. uh, She says she's in this to make money. To make
2: money. Yeah,
3: there you go.
2: And she pretty much tells the girl. She's like, the mom's like, Miss Deagle, it's Christmas. She's like, well, then ask Santa for it. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes in the bank and she kind of pushes through the line and breaks in line. Yeah, yeah. To Billy's teller thing. She walks right up to him and she's showing him her snowman and she thinks barney broke it and she doesn't know that barney's under the desk
3: no but barney is almost like he hears her voice and he knows like oh i better (laughs) get out of here get away from her
2: and i kind of wondered maybe that was why he had barney with him because he's had problems with miss deagle
3: they kind of hinted because that that
2: that, why would she think that about barney yeah like there was obviously some hint that she knew the dog the dog
3: yeah, there was some kind of vague uh, yeah. history against him. So
2: maybe, she, it didn't ever say, but maybe that was why he had him with him.
3: I guess it's like Barney's Batman and she's the Joker. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, there we go.
2: She wants him to give her Barney so that she can have him put to, put sleep. to sleep. Barney pretty much jumps up on the desk. Yeah,
3: he ties himself and he jumps up and kind of, I guess, I don't know that he really jumps Mrs. Deagle exactly. But Well, he, he knocked jumps the
2: snowman up. off and it busted the rest of the way. But he had hold of her ankle
3: did he yeah i couldn't remember
2: but you know animals can sense meanness and evilness in Uh, people well
3: yeah he sensed it there
2: yeah he had a hold of her ankle those men run out i guess they run the bank or whatever
3: yeah and one of these guys is judge reinhold yes yeah very uh, young judge reinhold Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. um this was one of his early films too
2: yeah he's very young in it and they kind of help miss deagle up and she just keeps running her mouth at billy
3: about and she's like having a heart attack and everything yes yeah,
2: she said my heart, my heart.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: after she she goes directly from being mean yeah. to oh my heart
3: yeah my heart. um and i know uh joe dante talked about how it was kind of difficult getting this performance out of
2: her she's not as mean in real life they,
3: he said polly holiday is like one of the nicest ladies <laughs> you'll ever meet and he said, like, the first scenes with her, she wasn't being mean enough. Mean
2: enough? You're going to have to step it up, yeah, Polly.
3: Yeah, that's what he was saying. <laughs> he was saying, well, you gotta, you got to be a lot meaner. And he said, she, once well, she got it, though, she was fine. But yeah. he said it took her a little bit to get that meanness level mm-hmm. up because he said she was just like a very nice lady.
2: So we, we then moved to a scene. It's at that pub bar place.
3: Yeah, and Billy is doing a drawing. Of um, a comic. Uh, of Miss uh, Deagle as uh, a dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's talking to some guy, and um, who was it? Is it uh, one of the guys from the back? Is Judge Mr. Reinhold. Mr.
2: Jones. Yeah. He calls him Mr. Jones. He comes in and sits next to Billy and immediately starts bullying Billy. Well,
3: right before this, the guy who's sitting there talking to Billy about the drawing, this is Chuck Jones. Now, for anybody who don't know Chuck Jones is, he is one artist who drew Bugs Bunny, oh, okay. Daffy Duck, and all, just all of the Looney Tunes characters. Because he even says, well, as he's leaving, he says, I'll talk to you later, Mr. Jones.
2: Okay, maybe I got the characters off. Mr. Yeah. Jones is not his boss. No, no. Okay. No. We'll just call him Dickhead. Cause yeah. Because that's what he was. Well,
3: this is um, Judge Reinhold's character, yeah. right? Yeah. But
2: I thought he called... It. I guess I heard that him called the other guy Mr. Jones, and I thought he was calling... Judge Reinhold. Mr. Jones. So I don't really know what his name was. No,
3: we'll just call him Judge Reinhold. Dickhead. Yeah.
2: He immediately starts to belittle Billy.
3: Gerald. That's his name. Gerald. That was... Okay. Okay, I did have his name.
2: He starts belittling kind of Billy and bullying him and talking, you know, just kind of, you know, making... A hint that, you know, their family's poor and, you know, he just kind of, he's taking care of his family. And there's always comments about his dad in this movie.
3: Yeah, like his dad is just kind of some washed up inventor kind of thing. So he
2: pretty much taking care of his family while working at the bank. You know, blah, blah, blah.
3: Then uh, Kate kind of comes up and is, you know, kind of taking her order. and Billy didn't
2: realize she worked there like a second job.
3: Gerald's, of course, hitting on her yeah and not getting anywhere because you can kind of tell she's kind of into billy too
2: yeah and he he the gerald asked her did she want to see his new apartment and she says i haven't seen your old apartment
3: yeah
0: hint hint
2: hint and she reaches over and picks some lint off of billy's jacket which pretty much is communication of which man she prefers there you go so she's already got her eyes set on billy
3: yeah very it's very subtle uh-huh. but it's that that's yeah there you yeah. go yeah
2: we then see a scene of Billy kind of arriving at his house. Mm-hmm. And when he shuts the door, there's like these two swords hanging on the wall that are crossed. Yeah. And every, it seems like every time someone closes the door, one of the swords falls.
3: Oh, yeah. And they uh, have to
2: go over and put it up. It's just kind of a funny thing.
3: Yeah, it's just like it kind of shows that this is a home. A home, yeah. A yeah, because it just shows a routine that goes on in this home.
2: And especially as you see... All the little annoyances they have to put up with in their household
3: all oh, the inventions yes yes or
2: just the little things that they just keep doing because it's right mm-hmm. or whatever <laughs> yeah and so Billy goes into the kitchen and they we, we meet his mother here making uh, dinner
3: yeah and she's watching it's a wonderful life I,
2: I kind of wondered if she was making omelettes or something because uh, she sa- she said well you do the eggs
3: yeah it could be or dressing.
2: Or something. Yeah. She's cooked, but she is cutting onions and green peppers.
3: Yeah, and watching It's a Wonderful Life.
2: Wonderful Life. You hear somebody else come in the house.
3: Before that, he gets the eggs. Oh, yeah. And puts them in this invention. They have all their inventions,
2: the dad's inventions in their kitchen and uh, throughout their house. Yes. And you learn quickly that his inventions are not really good.
3: Yeah, they they don't really function like they're supposed to. Because this invention he puts in, it's like a chicken, and you lay the eggs in there, and I guess the little beak or something is supposed to pop down and break the eggs up yeah. and go into a bowl. Well, it don't quite work that way, but. and it just breaks up. <laughs> one egg and then throws the rest of them in a bowl and just crushes everything everywhere and then his mom just looks over there with like a kind of this kind of knowing look and, and she's
2: like they always work the first couple times uh, yeah yeah and then
3: after that they just go to shit yeah i think they just like understand like you know they're, they're very supportive of of, of the dad yeah. you know in his endeavors Cause there you
2: give it give them in this movie they're all very close
3: yeah, yeah, and that's what I like, too. They never talk
2: to each other a certain way. No, it's, They're very polite to each other. They're very loving.
3: Yeah, I mean, then that's what I said, just this kind of all-American kind of family.
2: I did get a hint of, from her that because the dad had to be away so much with going to, and, you know, conventions and stuff with his stuff that she was a little frustrated that he wasn't home
3: home more yeah, yeah I, especially I,
2: for the holidays
3: yeah yeah i could see that i think she's supportive yeah but it is kind of frustrating yeah. at the same time yeah uh, i could see that but of course then you hear the door opening and the, the sword fall again <laughs> and then that's uh, randall coming randall's
2: in. coming home they all they go into the living room and greet him and he says he has something for Billy.
3: He's got it wrapped, wrapped up. It's in, like a gift.
2: It's the little box.
3: And uh, Billy, it's well, making like, noises. And what and is it? And Billy shakes the box, and <laughs> you hear something there go. Ooh, like yeah. That. He thinks
2: it's a puppy. Yeah,
3: he thinks it's a puppy in the box. He goes over there, and he before he, he unwraps it, he says, "Can you turn the lights down?" You know, he turns the lights down, and. You know, they raise the lid up on the box.
2: The little head pops out. The
3: little head pops out and then pops back Bops down back really down. quick. And they all flinch. Yeah. And if you look at the dog, the dog flinches.
2: Yeah, and then he so, tries to go for him.
3: And then what you see is you see the little Magwai, as we know as Gizmo, just yeah. ease himself out of the box and just look around curiously. He's
2: so cute.
3: Like I said, I could kind of see, I know Joe Dante said, when the executives watched this movie, They had no plans to do any merchandising for this movie. So they saw him, but then once they seen Gizmo coming out, he is almost like you could hear the cash registers ringing in the room. Everybody's
2: gonna want one.
3: Yeah. So, and he said that's what happened. Just this scene right here sealed it. And you know, Billy picks up Gizmo out there and kind of just holds him in his arms and everything. You know, the mom wants to take a picture and everything, and you know, she grabs the camera and points it and you know they're about to take one and then the flash and then gizmo just flinches and just it's, curls up to yeah, billy it's sk- good it, it hurt him yeah it hurt him that's when uh randall tells him okay we gotta you gotta know these rules and then he goes over the rules we heard at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. don't get him wet no no sunlight no bright light it'll like kill him, feed him no, no feeding him after midnight
2: then we move back up to billy's bedroom he's playing an electric keyboard and he's playing it and each sound when he hits a key gizmo makes the the hums the sound hums
3: hums the same
2: sound it's so cute yeah and he just he even messes up a key and gizmo corrects it for him yeah that's that's right because he he
3: knows
0: what
2: to hum yeah i forgot about that And next, like he, you know, he's just sitting on the desk humming and Billy decides to put like a little Santa hat on him. Yes. And he's so cute. Yeah. This is kind of the, the wallpaper you put on your yeah, every, on Facebook. Every
3: Christmas I put a picture of this on my mm-hmm. uh, background on Facebook, yeah. or my profile picture. Yeah.
2: So he's so cute. And then he picks up a mirror to let Gizmo see himself.
3: Yeah, and then some light reflection hits the, off mirror, the mirror. And it, you know, stuns Gizmo and he falls backwards into a garbage can. Yeah,
2: he just tumbles off the desk into the trash can. He's, he's going, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's mad. Yeah, he's, he's just, upset. He's just got a little temper. Yes. And Billy kind of picks him up and takes him into the bathroom. Because he's or,
3: got a little cut on his yeah, head. Yeah, he's
2: bumped his head. He's just like, bright light When he comes into the bathroom and he turns the light off. Kind of ties a little bandage on his head. Yeah, it
3: patches up his little cut there. So cute. Yeah.
2: Then we kind of, um, I think it shows a scene of them going to bed. Yeah,
3: it shows like Gizmo sleeping in there, him. and. He's got uh, him in a little box. Yeah, Bill, Billy. No, Gizmo's laying in the bed.
2: I th- no, Gizmo was off the side and Barney was in the bed with him.
3: I could have sworn Gizmo was wrapped up Gizmo in a blanket, Gizmo was in the too? little
2: box laying this way, and you... then Barney was in the bed. Oh, okay, I could have sworn that. Now, Gizmo he was, was later on, but in this scene, he was in a little box. Oh, okay,
3: I could have sworn that he was kind of wrapped up in a blanket, too.
2: I don't think, I don't know. He may have been, I yeah. don't know. It kind of moves to the next morning, and you see someone enter the house and call out for Billy.
3: Well, before this, Billy is got another battle with one of his dad's uh inventions
2: oh yes the orange the
3: orange juicer
2: yeah he wants some orange juice for breakfast
3: yeah and this thing you basically put a whole orange in it and it juices it it. okay that sounds simple enough you know you put your glass up under there you drop your orange in there and it squeezes it Mm -hmm. okay He puts an orange in there, and it looks like it's working there for a minute. Then all of a sudden this thing goes haywire, and I don't know how one orange produced this much juice, but it just goes everywhere. I
2: can't imagine all that sticky. Oh, that would be horrifying to clean Uh,
3: that up. I would dread that. But then this is where we get to where you hear uh, someone enter the house.
2: Yeah, and it's someone that's dressed like a Christmas tree.
3: Yeah, and this uh, is, is Pete. And this is another thing I got to thinking about why I thought Billy was supposed to be younger originally. Because
2: this little friend he had. Yeah. this was a, is a, How old is that kid? Probably 10, 11? 10,
3: maybe 11 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I would say somewhere around in there. Yeah. That's why I always kind of assumed that maybe Billy was originally supposed to be maybe around that age. Maybe a tad bit mm-hmm. older. But yeah, like I said, I never could find anything to confirm that suspicion.
2: Yeah. So it kind of shows them up in Billy's room. And Billy kind of shows Corey Feldman, or Pete. Yeah. He shows him Gizmo. You know, uh, Pete's just kind of playing with him and making little faces at him. And they finally decide he was going to, I think he was going to put him up on the desk to show him the keyboard. Yes. How he plays and hums and sings. And as he's on the desk, pete knocks a glass of water Yeah,
3: there's like a glass of water with some like paint uh, in it and this gets on gizmo
2: and he immediately starts shaking and appears to like he's in pain yes
3: and he's just like his high-pitched S- kind of squeal. squealing yes
2: and then balls of fur just start popping off of him
3: yeah first just one and then as he keeps flailing around then there's a bunch up about four to four, five. Up, up to four yeah. or five more
2: You know, he's had him a day and they've already broken rule number two.
3: Yeah, that's what I know. It didn't last long at all. Barely 24 hours. I
2: mean, it was an accident. And technically,
3: Billy didn't do it.
2: Right. And now you've got five other little mogwais. Yes. And it kind of shows them all and they're very little shifty-eyed. Looking yeah little devious looking little things yeah
3: because even uh pete is like you know counting on when he says this one right here's got a little strap, strap on his on head and then he just like nips at him like you know pointing <laughs> at him like, snips yeah because okay you can see that okay these are gonna be some little troublemakers yeah
2: they don't seem like gizmo and gizmo's crying and yeah, upset
3: yeah you can see gizmo is very sad and mm-hmm. upset by this because you almost get the feeling this has happened before before and
2: he knows what's gonna happen yes It kind of shows, like, all of them pretty much look like Gizmo, but Stripe. Stripe's got that white mohawk stripe on his head.
3: And one thing that fascinates me is how quickly Pete loses interest in his Mogwai.
2: I know. The the fact that you just spilt water on them and they multiplied.
3: And then he just goes back over and reads comic books. Yeah, and I'm just like, if I walked into somebody's house and I seen something like it, I would just be enamored with this okay, for I I would want well, to
2: play with them and...
3: Maybe this was an early days of the short attention span, I don't know. <laughs> I but I just found that really wild every time I watched that movie because I'd be like, comic books would be the last thing I'd be wanting to read mm-hmm. if I seen something like that, but...
2: We show later Billy's in bed.
3: Well, what we show here is Randall was working... In his, oh, yeah. I guess, his office, and he's got like his thing that shuffles cards, and needless say this one don't work either because cards <laughs> just fly out of this thing everywhere.
2: Yeah, and Billy goes down and tells him, "Well, something happened with the magua."
3: Well, this is what you were talking about, where he's talking about Randall when Billy comes in. Randall says, "I have made improvements to the bathroom." The, oh, and it has and the has ra- razor. And then, you know, he had the shaving cream and Billy just picks it up like, oh, that's so cool. And then he accidentally sprays his dad with the shaving cream.
2: <laughs> he says, "He's, I'm still working on that yeah, part. Yeah, I'm
3: still working on that part. It's not perfected yet. And then uh, Billy tells him, you know, dad. Uh, Something
2: happened with the Magua. Magua. Well, What said, happened? Well,
3: he tells his dad. Um, water
2: got put on in,
3: And they multiply in water.
2: So there's five more of him.
3: Yeah. And then we cut downstairs and these little shits. <laughs> Like, all of them are kind of around Stripe, who is playing, like, one of these little miniature Donkey Kong games, <laughs> yeah. which I used to have one of those. Yeah. I used to have one of them, uh, one like that and a Pac-Man.
2: And Stripe very quickly shows that he's the leader.
3: Oh, yes. He's a, he's a, the dominant in, the, yeah. in of all these and uh, because Gizmo is down on the floor playing a little trumpet. Yeah, thing. and Barney, Barney, Barney's right yeah. there, and then Stripe just spits. spits, at,
2: spits. I don't know yeah. what he spit at. Yes, yeah, just
3: like goo or bile yeah. or something at him, and you and know, Gizmo just like, yeah, just why are
2: you picking on me? Yeah, he just
3: pouts. Oh, you know. yeah. so cute. You know, you can just kind of tell, even more so. Okay, these things are going to be trouble.
2: They're devious. Like Gizmo's just cute. He yeah. does have a little temper, but he doesn't seem to want to cause any chaos he's not he, yeah
3: he's not malicious yeah anyway but then we cut to billy's like in bed yeah that's... and he's there. here's the sounds of
2: barney barking and w- whimpering w- w- w-
3: whimpering and he's just like what's going on what's where's going? he at and as he's walking out of the room you can see stripe open his eyes and just, like, and just yeah. cut side eyes yeah he's like yeah
2: because uh-huh, he has them all in a box they're all just laying yeah, together all
3: the other maguire in the boxes of gizmo who's in bed and billy goes outside and the dog is hanging in christmas lights out on the yeah porch.
2: somebody's hung him up by them big you know the bulbs were huge and that was all that they had back then yeah. decorating the porch mm-hmm. somebody's hung him up so billy brings him back in and moves to a scene where he's talking to his mom there they got a towel on barney yeah, because he got all wet and cold, and yeah. he thinks Miss Deagle did it. Which I don't know why he thought that, because she would have just took him.
3: Yeah, I mean that's what I was thinking too. Because yeah, Mrs. Deagle is. She been, wouldn't have done that. She would just got the dog, and yeah, he would have been. He would have
2: never seen Barney again. Yeah,
3: Barney would have been gone. A yeah, goner. yeah, for sure. And this is when we see another invention. I assume this is supposed to be a coffee maker. Where the mom walks over, to, I guess to make him a cup of coffee. It just has like it's sludge black sludge come out
2: (laughs) it doesn't work either
3: and you literally have to just get a spoon and like and uh,
2: and randall just makes a joke that he likes his coffee like that (laughs) yeah
3: what's wrong with this (laughs) this looks good you know and they all just start kind of laughing about Mm -hmm. that because i think he realized that yeah this is another one this is another one that ain't working out then we cut to billy i guess this is going to his school
2: or a school this is like a middle school
3: yeah, and that's what was so weird was this like a teacher he knew?
2: I think he maybe he had this teacher when he was in middle maybe, school.
3: Maybe so. Because um, I
2: thought the building said middle school, and he passes Pete. Well,
3: that's weird because a lot of the teachers I had in middle school by the time I was a, probably Billy's age were a lot retired or long <laughs> yeah. gone by now. But okay.
2: So he's walking with a little box, and he's,
3: he's he got, passes
2: Pete, and he tells him he's gonna he's got one of the Mogwais, and he's gonna take it to the teacher there to to watch to look at. It shows he's showing the teacher yeah the mogwai and he he shows him what happens when he puts a little drop of water on him Yep, he and put, he immediately multiplies to one other one Yep,
3: and there's a second little mogwai out so there. now
2: they have six seven
3: six or seven of them all total because including guzmo yeah because the other little mogwai in there they're kind of fighting, fighting. through the yeah the, they're tapping the box and yeah. like, almost like they're communicating with each other yeah and, and, of course, the teacher sees this and is just fascinated yeah, by this. Like and he never just like, never seen anything like this. I want to check this out and yeah. do some research on this. So
2: I'm assuming Billy took one back and left one yeah. with the teacher. Yeah,
3: that's what I gather, too. Because I guess he left the one that was maybe, you know, the, the one. The original. Or the original or the one that yeah. was a multiplier. That came from the multiplication.
2: We moved to a scene uh, billy's going to see kate at that bar
3: well yeah he's walking uh by and this is the evening and you know he's walking by the bar and she knows and kate comes out with uh, mr Futterman who is clearly drunk drunk yeah yeah just very clearly drunk. and
2: i think this is where she reveals that he's lost his job and that the, there's a lot of people during christmas time that are unhappy and they just need someone to listen to them.
3: Well, she helps him out to the car, and mm-hmm. he's talking about how foreigners... Well, it's a, a
2: snowplow.
3: Was it a snowplow? Yeah, yeah, it was sitting
2: parked at the bar.
3: Yeah, and he's talking about how foreigners put gremlins into machinery and everything, and Kate so is kind of says just, the word gremlins. Yeah, Kate is kind of trying to talk him out of, you know, driving, and he's mm-hmm. just sitting there, he just kind of looks for me, and he says, you know, Kate, I think it's a nice night, I'll walk home. And, you know, and he just gets out and just makes his way to his house then uh i guess after that then uh kate or billy's walking kate home this is kind of a a scene i guess kind of shows how dark things are going to get later yeah she, she
2: pretty much reveals that she hates christmas or she doesn't celebrate christmas
3: yeah and she talks about how people are really depressed at that time of yeah
2: because yeah. well, not everybody's happy during christmas time yeah I think Billy kind of lives in a bubble of happiness in his family.
3: Well, he has his mother and father. They have mm. they have a very yeah. good family relationship. Relationship,
2: So he doesn't really have any awareness of that.
3: That's what I, I gathered as well.
2: She pretty much kind of gets a little snippy with him. She just says she apologizes and says she's just tired. And she goes, she tells him goodnight and she's going to go in the house. But he stops or he calls out to her and he asks her does she want to go on a date.
3: She naturally accepts, and then you hear Billy say "swish." Switch. No, you don't hear that.
2: <laughs> I was like, "Do you do you ever miss the early date time? Like when you first meet someone and you go on that first date? Do you ever miss that?" No. I saw I me. Mean, it's awkward as hell. <laughs> no,
3: I don't miss that at all. Um, no. I never enjoyed it back then, and I don't miss it now either.
2: <laughs> well, good thing you married.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: moves back to the science teacher at the school. And he's taking blood from the magua.
3: Yeah, and that little magwa just is squealing and you can tell he isn't happy.
2: Well really the way I saw this scene is that he just pretty much takes hold of its arm and just jabs it in the arm. He doesn't it's not like trying to find a vein or something. He no, just sticks it in him
3: to get the blood.
2: And then pull you know, pulls the blood out and, and the little magwa's crying the whole time and And, well
3: he he's upset
2: it makes me the way i feel when i get blood taken oh yeah
3: yeah (laughs) most definitely
2: the mongua is just kind of like mad oh well right you can tell he's like yeah f you man yeah then it moves back to billy in his room
3: yeah billy's like doing a drawing while laying down on the bed and i think Gizmo's looking at like something like a. Don't he have little 3D glasses he's holding up and yeah. looking at something?
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought he was using that little slide thing. You yeah. remember those little things, the slide that you put the slide down in, and then you pulled the little handle?
3: Uh, what was that called? I can't a Viewmaster. Viewmaster, but, yeah. But, no, it wasn't a Viewmaster, because Viewmasters were bigger than that.
2: Oh, but that... You know, the little orange. It was orange. Yeah,
3: it almost looked like Gizmo, because I noticed that Billy had some 3D comic books on the Yeah, he bed. was looking at that. So, I was thinking Gizmo was holding a little 3D uh, mm-hmm. thing, lenses up to his eyes, and was looking at the comic books, because he says neat.
2: Yeah, know? he is neat, and, but the little mean mock are in their box just going crazy. They want to eat.
3: Yeah, it's like our little cat Sabrina <laughs> whenever she's hungry. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
3: They, they, these things are about as subtle as she They're
2: going,
3: is. <laughs> and
2: trying to get his attention they want to eat. He just looks at the clock and it's
3: 11.25. Yeah, it's around 11.25, 11.30. Yeah, so he says
2: it's not midnight. So he goes downstairs and he grabs like a plate of like leftover fried chicken
3: and he goes back up to his room and he takes the chicken and just drops it, drops in, there. it
2: in there and they go like crazy
3: for yeah because there's a little close-ups of them just sitting there just eating and eating and, and like
2: tearing the skin and it's yeah. just like ugh.
3: yeah because he even like attempts to pull out. i'm actually shot he was able to do this without losing an arm <laughs> he actually gets a little piece of the chicken tries to get the gizmo and gizmo the like, was like, no, like no. no no i don't want yeah. it so he just puts it back in there and these things yeah they yeah. are just you can see the
2: chicken bones just flying in the air when they're done with it
3: yeah yeah i mean these things that like they haven't ate in years yeah and they
2: have like continuous little scenes of their little devious faces mm-hmm. and you can tell that they're not like gizmo
3: oh yeah yeah they're they're scheming yeah and then we cut back to the professor who is i guess getting ready to round his night up doing some last At minute midnight. Stuff. Yeah, well, I guess he was working late because he's sitting there eating a sandwich and he's got some chips and it's
2: pork rinds.
3: It was a porter. I couldn't I remember it what looked
2: it looked like. Pork rinds. I could not remember oh. what he was
3: eating, but you know, then he just says, "Well, it's a." Uh, Calling it a night, and he grabs his uh, bag of uh, pork rinds or chips or whatever it is and takes off and he leaves the sandwich there.
2: Sitting close to the magua.
3: Yeah, and then the little magua, after he leaves, he is able to stretch his arm out just enough to and grab he his goes, sandwich. Yum, yum. And he goes yum, yum, and he pulls <laughs> the sandwich toward him, and then you hear him eating it. Needless to say, some bad stuff is about to go down here yep. very soon.
2: Shit's about to hit the fan.
3: Yeah, and Billy and gizmo are watching invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> and, the the pods and, yeah, and the pods and everything which is a little foreshadowing of what we're <laughs> going to get soon and gizmo is scared yeah. of the movie because you know you could see look on his face is a scary movie mm-hmm. which uh invasion of body snatchers is a pretty creepy movie when yeah. you watch it even for an older movie and then of course they go to sleep and they wake up And the next day, there are pods
2: everywhere—slimy, nasty-looking pods growing in the floor.
3: All in Billy's room. Yeah, there's slimy Mm -hmm. green pods. Yeah,
2: and he shows his mom, and she asked him, "Did he break any of the rules?" And he said he fed them, but he made sure it was before midnight. And he turns and looks at the clock, and it still says 1125.
3: Yeah, it's still the same time it was.
2: Yeah, and he goes over, and he picks up the clock, and they something has chewed through the cord.
3: Yeah, the cord has already been chewed.
2: Yeah, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh.
3: And that's when we go back to the school, and Billy's there with Pete, and the professor is, apparently, this other mogwai he had is in a pod, too, and the professor's, like, cutting him out of the cage because, I guess, the pod formed around the cage. It's inside cut, the cage. He's and he's cutting inflamed. him out of it. Yeah. And he calls this the pupil stage. Yeah. And he says, what this is, is basically you got something inside here that is transforming. About, like, how Mothra is a moth and then turns <laughs> into a butterfly. That's <laughs> yeah, what we got. But exactly. But we're not going to get that in this movie. to no. say. But that's what is going on here. And then we cut back to Billy's mom and she's like making gingerbread yeah she's making gingerbread she's
2: like the little happy little homemaker she's always in kitchen doing something cooking or and she's making these huge gingerbread. They're
3: big. Yeah, yeah. They're a nice size. And that's uh, when uh Randall calls. He's mm-hmm. like at some kind of inventor's convention. And apparently this is Christmas Eve.
2: And he's telling her he's probably not going to make it home before Christmas. Yeah,
3: yeah. He said he probably won't be there, you know, in time, you know. and She seems disappointed. She but... seems disappointed, but she's kind of understanding she, at the same time.
2: She deals with that with all the time so yeah. she just tells him she loves him and she'll see him later
3: yeah and then of course we kind of cut the little scene upstairs and the hatch. pod's starting to hatch
2: little poor little gizmos hiding in a football helmet
3: I, I mean i remember i got confused at first that this was happening during the day but it is because the next thing we cut to is mrs deagles at the bank and billy's that work You know, of course, she starts making more threats toward his dog and everything. Mm -hmm. And she uh, says, well, where's your dog? Is he up under the desk? She said, no, he's out. He's on vacation or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then we cut back to the professor at school.
2: And he realizes that. His Well, is he, this while school's in,
3: in? Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're watching they're a film on projector. He's, Yeah, he's got, yeah, uh, I don't know if kids actually do that in school anymore, but no. back in the day, we used to watch films on in projector. school on projectors. Mm-hmm. And the kids are watching the movie, and then all of a sudden, this little box starts to move. Mm-hmm. I guess he covered the cocoon so thing. So people can uh, see, yeah, see it. And then it falls over on the floor and about the time it falls over onto the floor that's when the bell rings so i guess Mm -hmm. the kids are out for christmas vacation and you know he kind of ushers the kids out of the room and everything you know gets them out the door so he can investigate what's going on a little bit Mm -hmm. further
2: he's kind of like he can hear it running around the lab
3: but first we cut back to gizmo in Billy's room, watching these pods start to oh, hatch. Oh, this is
2: where he's in the little helmet. Yeah, he's in the them.
3: little helmet watching them, and he's Aww. scared because these things are hatching. Then we cut back to the professor, and he's like, came back into the room, or candy bar. Well, he well first he goes outside and calls Billy. Oh yeah, and tells him hey, it's, it's ha- hatched. It's hatched. Yeah. It's hatched. It. You know. Billy
2: said, "I'll be there soon." He's trying to find it. He can hear it running around in the lab. He's got a candy bar that he's trying to give it. To
3: yeah, him. yeah. He's trying to yeah. offer the little thing food. It
2: doesn't show it. You just hear it moving, like running really quick. Yeah, skidding around. You everywhere. Can hear it making little noises. He mm-hmm. finally realizes it's hiding under one of the desks.
3: Yeah, I think he's hiding up a, a, under, his a desk. under his desk.
2: He goes, reaches down to give it the candy bar like he's he hands under the desk and it doesn't show what happens other than I guess it grabbed hold of him.
3: Well, all you hear is the gremlin eating, eating the candy bar, and then the teacher's like, oh, "Oh, see there you go." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see the look on the teacher's face go from yeah. kind of joy to like, "Ah!" And then he screams because I guess yeah. his gremlins start to eat his hand you know, off,
2: by his arm. And, and seen in.
3: And I think this is the point. Uh, Billy shows up at school at the school.
2: Yeah, and he comes into the lab and he sees the teacher dead under the desk. And he's got a needle stuck in his butt.
3: Oh, yes. So yeah.
2: that happens to be the Mogwai. So it was the Mogwai he took the blood from. Yes, exactly.
3: Billy goes over to grab the phone to make a call. And then one of the gremlin's hands comes up and scratches his scratches just him. as he tries to grab the phone.
2: But the hand doesn't look like Gizmo. No. This it, is like a reptile looking yes, long sir. fingers and claws. It's
3: very reptilian.
2: So we know that they hatch into something that don't look nothing like Gizmo. Exactly.
3: And then you hear something burst through like a vent. It's the ventilation system. Yeah, ventilation system.
2: And it just got away. It got out of the lab.
3: And Billy goes into, I guess, the medical room or -hmm. the medical area of the school, you know, to kind of patch up his hand because it kind of scratched his hand. And as he's doing that, Apparently, this gremlin got inside of the Cabinet. one of the cabinets in there and reaches out and tries to get Billy again.
2: Yeah, and this is the first time it shows it.
3: Yeah, it's the first time you see one clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and it
2: looks very different from Gizmo. It's lots bigger. It's I don't even know how to. It's kind of like a reptile. It's reptilian. It's, it's is very like reptile. green
3: reptilian kind of skin. Big yeah.
2: long, big ears.
3: hmm Big teeth. Uh, once again, and it takes off and it escapes
2: yeah it busts through the door like the vent and the door and it's out yeah it's gone and billy he tries to call his mom because i guess he thinks okay they've probably hatched too
3: yeah mom i think his mom hears and uh, hears noise upstairs and then we cut to upstairs and they got gizmo well, up on the dartboard to a
2: dartboard and they're throwing darts at him
3: yeah and now this is something that the cast and crew had or, or the crew more than anything yeah. because the gizmo puppet was a nightmare to really? get to work right and they got so mad
2: at that, puppet, at they that just puppet put him on the
3: yeah and basically there was a point where they had a, a paper of like mm. how would you want to torture gizmo oh
2: that's mean and
3: they that was one of the things because <laughs> the puppet it was it had so many little gears in it you know yeah. how his facial expressions yeah. were That it broke down all the time
2: well that's their fault that's not his
3: fault And they got mad at gizmo <laughs> so they said put him up on a dartboard and let the gremlins throw darts at him so that's why where that some of that stuff came so from. she hears them yeah like making
2: a lot of noise and she starts up the stairs well they
3: throw gizmo into the laundry chute
2: yeah oh
3: yeah and he's just like you know bounces down into there and that's about the time well, the mom goes upstairs with a knife
2: but she sees that they've hatched but the phone starts ringing yeah
3: she goes upstairs with a mm. knife or something and then she uh you're right she, she sees comes the back pilot. down
2: real quick because because the phone's ringing it's billy calling her
3: yeah billy calls just as he's talking to his mom one of the gremlins is outside i guess he pulls the phone line out and then yeah. the phone dies yeah and then the song do you hear what i hear the, On the record player starts playing
2: so she goes in the living room to see what started the record player and she kind of turns turns it off but some, something throws something at her?
3: Yeah, there's like a glass or a plate or something, something. that flies at her and she just barely misses
2: They it. start pretty much attacking her.
3: Well, not right away. She kind of sneaks back into, toward the kitchen where yeah. this thing came from. Oh, yeah. And that's where one of the gremlins is there eating gingerbread, gingerbread man yeah and yeah. it's almost like he knows she's there he behind keeps him sensing her yeah he kind of just looks, looks behind him or something but i think he's more focused on the food you know because apparently these things can eat yes you know and so I this like thing the snack continues to eat i guess it finishes up with the cookies because then it tries to get into the uh, little uh she's mixer that's
2: the icing in there yes
3: yeah, like the icing is in the mm-hmm. mixer. And it's in there, and then the mom sneaks over there just as he's got his face down turns in there, it on. and turns it on. And this gremlin's just chewed up. Yeah, in so this she thing. killed.
2: She took one out with the mixer. Then there's another one in the kitchen that and throws another, something at her.
3: Yeah, and then she grabs something like a little small end table.
2: It's like a TV tray.
3: TV tray. There you yeah. go. and uses it as a shield, a shield because this thing is throwing plates and glasses or whatever and at this her.
2: This scene was pretty brutal.
3: And, yeah, she gets to the thing and she just stabs She just
2: it. stabs it to death. With yes. With this big butcher. kitchen knife. Yeah. Yeah, butcher knife.
3: This was, there was a point, I think it might have been around in this scene, in the original script, the mother was killed. Oh, wow. Because... Her head
2: was chopped off?
3: Yeah, because when Billy shows up at home, one of the gremlins is on top of the stairs with the mother's head and rolls it down the steps.
2: Oh, man. Yeah,
3: something like that. But, yeah, I think it was probably around in this scene where that originally happened. Right. But uh, instead the gremlins get theirs.
2: No I would say it was in when they were in the living room what happens. Maybe that's
3: where it happens too. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere so they just around, switched it. Maybe it's somewhere around in this area. Yeah. yeah. There's then, another
2: one in the kitchen too.
3: Yeah and then she grabs some kind of like, uh, like cooking spray maybe some or, or some kind of bug spray thing. or something. And Don't starts,
2: fuck with housewife man.
3: No no she's uh, on top of this. <laughs> that's <laughs> She'd for give sure. a good fight. Yeah and she sprays at it and the thing keeps backing up into an open microwave oh gosh and then they close the door she closes the door and turns it on
2: and it shows the little thing in there and it's just yeah. getting hot, and, and, it, hot. Uh, and then the thing
3: just it pops, just blows up yeah and i remember watching that in the th- i still remember watching that scene in the theater mm-hmm. and i just was blown away by that i was like wow. oh my god
2: this whole scene she comes back out into the living room
3: yeah because she hears a noise in the living room
2: yeah now. And it's something that's hanging in the
3: It's in the stockings stocking hanging on and around and the fireplace.
2: She can see it moving and she goes over there and she ends up knocking it off and it's a little robot.
3: Yeah, it's like Which a little, I
2: wondered why they would give Billy that when he's his age. Once
3: again, like yeah. I said, I think originally in this it movie, was he, he was supposed to be younger yeah, than what he Yeah, I is. think so too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I've never found any proof of that. But And she backs up kind of toward a tree, and then all of a sudden we see some eyes in the mm-hmm. tree. Little red eyes. Little really red eyes, and when of was gremlins grabs her and, and pulls the tree down on top of yeah, her.
2: Yeah, and he pretty much starts strangling her with the yes, Christmas lights. yes.
3: Mom was doing pretty good there for a little bit, but this one She's got the drop trouble. this one got the drop on her. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, I mean and it's basically trying to kill her and then that's about time billy shows up
2: he runs in and he takes one of them swords off the wall yes and and he chops the head off yeah and that
3: gremlin's head flies into the fireplace Fireplace.
2: i wondered if they switched the scene with the mom with this that
3: could be and it pretty much
2: the head just flies into the fireplace and catches on fire and it's just making screaming noises and
3: and then you know he checks his mom to see if she's okay and she seems to be fine just Mm -hmm. kind of shook up yeah and then you see
2: stripe pipe up out of a box yeah
3: and then he looks over and is like oh stripe and then Mm -hmm. he just like looks and just kind of growls a little bit then Mm -hmm. just bolts out the window yeah 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 he's done he's gone
2: so i guess we'll take a break here
3: yeah we'll take a break here and then we will come back and uh let you know what this uh i guess what you call this gremlin's onslaught is about to take place (laughs) here
1: All the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way. And they're hungry. (laughs) critters (laughs)
3: critters <laughs> they bite and we are back now we go to after the onslaught of a uh, gremlin action that we got at billy's <laughs> house billy is taking his mom to the neighbors which i always wondered why he didn't take them to the her to the fudermans well because the fudermans lived on where his neighbors too they were out right there i don't know well maybe that's a good thing on after well, what we said she
2: say doctor something wasn't he a doctor
3: maybe he was and that's why he took
2: so that he could look at her maybe that's the case she had a busted head
3: i mean you know the mom seems okay he just you know tells you know can you keep an eye on my mom she tells
2: him to be careful
3: and then billy goes back to the house and is kind of looking around for gizmo and then he hears something in the laundry shoe. He hears little gizmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, none too happy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> which I wouldn't be either. And, you know, he grabs gizmo up and puts him in a little book bag. Book bag. Yeah. You know, kind of like how uh, Luke Skywalker carried Yoda around in Empire Stripes back. Yep. <laughs> and then they go out to uh, guess find Stripe.
2: He's tracking his footprints in the snow.
3: Okay. And like I said how can he walk in snow which is liquid they break their
2: own rules a little bit because i guess i mean even though it's solid water
3: it's still liquid it's still liquid because you put your feet in it it's going to make it melt and turn into liquid but
2: no he didn't multiply
3: but i i always have even when i was a kid i noticed that (laughs) but i just kind of let it go you know, because I was, just, I was enjoying when you enjoy the movie, you'll let a lot of shit slide, and yeah. that, I let it slide. Even though I will bring it up, but I still don't mind it.
2: So Billy pretty much tracks him to the local YMCA. Yes, and I think there's some scenes where Stripe and him nearly fight.
3: Yeah, Billy tracks him in there to the Y. There's a point where Stripe's
2: like, up in the electrical.
3: Well, the uh, the bell goes off a loud oh, okay. bell. And I think he uses it to distract Billy. Okay. And then he kind of jumps on Billy. And he, or he just kind of, then he hops away.
2: Yeah, and he runs outside to
3: the pool. Well, no, the pool's inside.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's an inside. It's an inside
3: pool. Because Billy's trying to get him and stop him, and you hear Gizmo go, "Oh, uh oh, uh oh. Stripe jumps in the water.
2: And the water immediately starts. Like, just churning and, and churning and bubbling and lights and, up green. And
3: I will never forget this part in the theater, too. I remember everybody in the theater gasped yeah, when this like happened. Yeah, jumped in. Yeah, and I'll never... There's just certain things you will remember from some of these kinds of movies like this. And I remember, because I was one of them that did it, too. Because everybody yeah. went... Because <gasps> you know? can
2: imagine, like, five came from just a glass of yeah, water. Yeah, that's
3: exactly what it was. Because you used, know
2: that... The, what pops off of him's gonna multiply and then that one's gonna multiply yeah and it's just gonna be yeah yeah and shit just hit the fan
3: yeah i mean chaos is on its way yeah. and it's gonna get bad you know needless say i think billy he just takes off because he knows that he's gonna need help
2: and he heads to the police station yeah and he's, he's telling them about the gremlins and they're laughing at him and they don't believe him
3: yeah he's trying to convince these cops which needless to say i probably wouldn't believe them either
2: well he's showing them gizmo
3: well he's he doesn't yet but
2: he's oh i thought he was showing them no he doesn't to show try them to convince yeah them.
3: but i think he's he uses gizmo as a last resort
2: yeah he's like because this is where he, they come from
3: these two cops are like uh officer mooney from killer clowns <laughs> from outer space you know you're not going to convince them of anything yeah uh, these are just people that are just like, oh, I'm bored with my job, and I'm just not going to believe you young <laughs> Little town, there maybe
2: not that much to do. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. This would be an interesting crossover movie with killer clowns. But, you know, he's trying to convince them nothing is working. And then we cut to a scene outside. And then, you know, you see like one gremlin, I guess, is Stripe, Stripe walking, out yeah. of, uh, walking out of the shadows and, and dark.
2: And he turns around and looks.
3: And then there's a bunch of hundreds hundreds, hundreds of them are walking down the street yeah, in
2: snow. In snow, yeah. Yeah, in <laughs>
3: snow. But none of them are multiplying. But, okay, and then we cut to um, Mr. Fetterman. The, 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 you know, the Fettermans. And, you know, Mr. Fetterman is watching TV, and his wife is in a festive mood, and he isn't. Because, you know, like you were saying earlier, he'd lost his job and he's just being, you know, I guess a typical grump about it, which, yeah. you know, I guess most people would be. And the TV goes out. It's saying something to his wife, you know, like, what, like you what are you doing? Sitting going? on the remote. What are you doing? And yeah. and she says, no, you have the thingy. The thingy. Yeah, <laughs> thingy. And he's like, what? And then he reaches and he's like, oh, okay. And then he tries it and it ain't working. And then you cut to a scene outside and the gremlins are just all hanging on this TV. Antenna. And kind of, You know, just having a grand old time. And then uh, Mr. Ferman's like, well, I'm going to just go outside and check to see what's going on out here. And he walks outside and, you know, just kind of ambling around, trying to look around and see if there's something, you know, what's wrong. And then about that time, the snowplow, Comes, oh, it's in
2: the garage yeah
3: he hears it start up and it just bursts out of the garage yeah and these gremlins are driving this thing <laughs> and going after him
2: he runs back inside yeah he
3: runs back in his house and the Futtermans are just you know kind of trying to get away from it as it just barrels into as it barrels into their house you know they're sitting there not like holding each other and these gremlins are just laughing and just <laughs> laughing and then they the Futtermans did they die
2: and this is where it continuously starts playing the dun, 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 dun. Yeah.
3: Because the Futtermans are no more. Well, according... Well, you never know.
2: Yeah, I know. He didn't really...
3: They didn't say they died. They said it was just an accident. But it
2: made it kind of sound like
3: it But the Futtermans are in the sequel, spoiler alert. So, you know, they're not dead. Then we cut to a man trying to mail a letter... He puts the letter into the box and then the letter gets spit out and he yeah. just comes looking and then this other guy walks up and he's like, oh, uh, you're going to be make, mailing a letter, are you? He's like, yeah, some late night, some, uh, last minute stuff I got to put in the mail. Uh-huh. And then he reaches his hand in there and drop it in. He's like, oh, what's that? And then he starts screaming. <laughs>
2: That's a gremlin in there. <laughs> yeah. The next scenes just show that there's gremlins all over town.
3: Yeah, causing chaos Yeah, everywhere. they're messing
2: with the traffic lights, causing accidents. And now,
3: is this the point where we cut back to the police station and Billy says, well, I will to show you what I got here. Can you turn the lights down?
2: Well, yeah, he's pretty much showing them Gizmo and then they get the call about the Fettermans. There,
3: there you go. Yeah, because that's when, you know, he's, I guess apparently he's shown the police... gizmo Gizmo and that gizmo is real when
2: when they hear about the fettermans he's like it's the gremlins they're causing this yeah and they just still don't believe him
3: yeah despite you got something right here you have never seen before in your life (laughs) and you're still skeptical yeah i mean i'd be like well maybe he might be telling us the truth a little bit but Mm -hmm. they're like no you just take gizmo go home you know i'm just like dude i mean uh, (laughs) but the
2: phone's ringing them behind them like they're starting to calls coming in yeah
3: they get the call about mr Futterman but as they're leaving you can see the lights coming on because the the, phone
2: lines are just ringing off the hook
3: yeah and the, the gremlins are just causing chaos
2: and it shows them outside of it says deagle realty
3: yeah, the gremlins are out so there. So they're outside. S- yeah, and Miss Deagle's got one of these uh, electrical kind of chairs mm-hmm. on the side of her stairs, and yes, she goes up and down the stairs. She just
2: doesn't walk upstairs; she just drives in this little chair thing.
3: And she's an old crazy cat, cat lady. lady. yeah. she's yeah. got
2: tons of cats in her house.
3: I'm actually shocked they didn't have a scene where the gremlins were eating the cats.
2: Oh gosh, I know. Yeah,
3: <laughs> maybe an original script. You know, uh, she goes down there and she's feeding her cats and everything.
2: And she seems to have lots of love for her cats. Yeah, she loves her cats. She's like a totally different person with her cats.
3: Yeah, it's like, strangely like me.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, I guess I'm turning into Mr. Deagle. And
2: she, but she, whenever it shows her out in public, she always has her hair curled. Yeah. a hat on a yeah. fur hat and a fur coat she's very she's got her hair in a pony like braided in her ponytail she's in her gown
3: yeah she's very yeah glum yeah and her woman. house
2: is really unkept yeah there's clutter everywhere
3: crazy cat lady yeah
2: she's just inside with her cats i guess
3: yeah if it was the show hoarders was all back. Cat hoarder, head, yeah you know, she would be on that show Yeah, and then we see a little gremlin come through the little doggy door. The cat door. Or cat door Mm -hmm. uh, in the front door. And she hears it, too. About that time. She
2: hears carolers.
3: Yeah, she hears carolers outside. But inside, though, we see some of the gremlin hands are messing with some electrical in there. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. But yeah, she hears the carolers outside and she grabs like a, what, like a uh, pitcher of water?
2: Yeah, she's going to throw it yeah, on. Yeah,
3: and, and of course she goes out there to throw this water.
2: And she realizes the gremlins.
3: Yeah, they're just a bunch of little monsters outside <laughs> with little, where they got their little scarves yeah. and their little hats and <laughs> I everything. Don't I don't know. either. But they, they're, they I guess they're cold. Yeah. Because they have all, and where they got their little caroler books where they're yeah. singing, I don't know either. But they're sitting there doing a little Christmas carol <laughs> or or the little gremlin theme song. Yeah. And she needlessly, just needless screams to say, and screams and runs back inside because she thinks, oh, well, it's her time. They're coming. They're to coming. Time.
2: She's like, I'm not ready.
3: Yeah, I'm not ready. And she gets in her chair. And did
2: you notice her door? How many chains she had on her door? Yeah, she had a lot of chains. I think she's like somebody that doesn't like the world. She doesn't like outside of her house. Yeah,
3: that's what I gathered. She gets in her chair, but, of course, we've seen something electrical get messed with yeah. on the gremlin's hand. She gets in the chair and turns it on, and this chair just shoots w- up the stairs. Yeah, going fly- like a rocket. The whole thing goes so far, and it flies out the window with yeah. her in it.
2: Yeah, she just hits the street. Yeah, so R.I.P. Miss Deagle. Yeah. The town's never going to be the same without you. Uh, yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> Then that's what about the time the police are are driving
2: down the same street.
3: Yeah, they and they see this and they pull over and they're like, Is that Mrs. Deagle? (laughs) That's about the time there's a um
2: man dressed like a Santa Claus. Yeah,
3: and he's got these little monsters on him. Yeah, he comes
2: out screaming, he's like, Oh, get him off of me, get him off of me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: And they're not helping They're like like
2: hanging all on him like little gremlins <laughs> yeah
3: and then we catch one of the gremlins up under the police car messing with, with the brake, brake lines. lines with the brake He's lines.
2: like chewing through their brake lines yeah
3: yeah cutting their brake lines on yeah. them basically
2: they're those little devious little yeah. things yeah
3: and i like how these cops are not doing shit
2: that they're looking at the guy get attacked by the the thing and they're just like what
3: and they roll the window up
2: they roll the window up don't try to help him
3: and they're like can we get out of here even now? though there's
2: one of them that gets right in the the window, yeah. a gremlin, and they see it, and it, the guy's like, let's just go, yeah, the younger go. one.
3: Yeah, so neither say, they're no help at all.
2: Then it shows a scene, like, like sh- very shortly, they must have driven, like, into Main Street Town, and a truck pulls out in front of them, and they have to slam on their brakes, and their brakes don't work, mm-hmm. and they just clip a car and flip, even though they were only going how fast
3: well, and also we have the scenes there where you see more chaos in town. The mm-hmm. gremlins are just attacking, attacking people and people in everything. The
2: street, they're everywhere.
3: And uh, like Pete is in his house, and <laughs> he's like up in his bedroom. And, and there's gremlins
2: hanging off from the lights of him in his house. <laughs> yeah,
3: he's shooting them with like a slingshot or <laughs> yeah. something like that.
2: He cuts the line that they're hanging on.
3: Yeah, so these things are everywhere and just causing all kinds of chaos. They're
2: attacking everybody.
3: This is when we see Billy makes his way into his bug and it actually starts
2: for once it starts
3: yeah uh it actually starts for one time
2: And he still has gizmo in the little book bag
3: yeah and they're driving down the road and they turn on rockin ricky who rockin'. we actually hear at the start in the credit scene and i think rockin ricky he was like a i think he was a real dj or something named yeah. don Steele, because he's in a, the movie death race 2000 yeah. and i think he appears in the howling also then we get the homage maybe to zombie 2 yeah. Where he's sitting there talking on the radio. It's like, hey, what are you doing in here? What are you doing in here? And then, you know, the gremlins attack him and there. You can so... hear
2: them attacking him.
3: Yeah, so this is on Zombie 2 where he's a very dedicated worker and he's going to stay on the air he no matter what. He stays there
2: to but... the end.
3: Yeah, so I don't know if this was an intentional little uh, lift from Zombie 2, but I feel safe to say it probably was. And then we cut to, uh, I guess this is uh, Randall Pelzer making his way back home. Yeah. And he stopped in, I guess, what you say, kind of like a gas station. He's yeah. using a phone. And here's this uh, clerk in there who's like smoking like a chimney. And then uh, Randall kind of looks and I guess he looks, okay, here's a mark right here. I can maybe yeah. make some money. And then he tries He's to sell him
2: that smokeless ashtray. Smokeless
3: ashtray. I, I don't know what you would get out of that overall because if you smoke that's what you like to smoke <laughs> it
2: isn't the smoke coming out of the ashtray that's good. Uh-huh. yeah i, know <laughs> I mean that. secondhand smoke's pretty bad but. yeah
3: and then we cut to uh the gremlins at kate's bar
2: i did have a question about why the dad had barney with him was that to protect him from miss deagle yes he took him with him
3: yeah because okay. that's why they weren't sure if it was mrs deagle so okay. the dad was even like well i will take, take him take okay. him with me just to
2: okay because i wondered
3: let things die down yeah. a little bit. So yeah.
2: we moved to that pub bar.
3: Yes, yeah, so at that bar where Kate works. And
2: the gremlins right. have totally taken over this bar.
3: Yeah, the gremlins are in there getting drunk and rowdy.
2: Kate's working. She must have been working when they came in, and she's kind of trapped in there. With yeah, them.
3: and I wonder. I was would, would love to have seen the scene of like where she was in her work, and then, then all of a sudden these <laughs> gremlins just come in. And you're like, what in hell?
2: And they're just sitting at the bar drinking beers. This is kind of like you get a lot of scenes like they're drinking beer. Of playing cards doing aer- aerobics and leg warmers
3: and one of them is a flasher yeah he's
2: flashing them in a trench coat <laughs> yeah
3: yeah and it's just it's just chaos yeah there. and then you got your uh sam spade one and like this film noir because you have yeah. this film noir saxophone playing yeah. <laughs> in the background and all this i mean it this is and then one of them's like picking a gigantic booger out of his nose oh, and it gross. stretches out yeah,
0: yeah
3: yeah i mean it's just it's anarchy in there and <laughs> it's an amazing scene and i bet you this is i know joe dante's talked about this of how rough these scenes were to film
2: i bet there's so many gremlins yeah
3: yeah and this, just, and this isn't cgi this they're is all every, they're all puppets, puppets
2: yeah. everywhere
3: and like if some of them aren't working right you have to reset these things and do it over yeah and oh i bet you it was a nightmare yeah but you know kate is needless to say trying her damnedest to get just, away to get away but to try to serve these gremlins right. but try to i guess find a way out
2: so she goes to light the cigarette of one and she realizes it doesn't like fire yeah
3: they keep pulling back from the the so light she
2: figures out they don't like light so she goes and she starts taking like using the flash on the camera an to old, Pol- old
3: polaroid kind of camera yeah. instant camera
2: so she's just kind of keeps taking a picture in front of them and trying to get closer to getting out.
3: And about that time, she's about out. But then one of the Gremlins pulls a gun on gun her. on her. Yeah. And he's a, I think he does shoot at her.
2: Doesn't he have a ski mask on? Yeah, yeah, well,
3: yeah. I don't, where he got a little tiny ski mask, it would fit his head. I don't know either. But okay, well, like I said, there's stuff like that you just have to let go.
2: And ha- was his ears out? I think so. They cut out? I just thought he didn't have ears. Y- yeah. It th- just looked like a flat head.
3: I want to say his ears were, he maybe cut a little place for his ears to come out. I don't know. I, my bigger question was, where did you get a ski mask at little? But, you know, and then he's holding a gun, and I think he, fires it at her but then about that time billy Billy pulls in because his headlights just blind them all all in there in the bar and then she gets out and gets in the car but then the car stalls yeah it won't start and they're in there and billy's like "Oh, oh
2: we're gonna have to take a we're just gonna have to run
3: yeah we're gonna have to make a break for it so
2: they're very close to the bank
3: well what they do is they get out of the car and they run and there is just, just gremlins
2: attacking people in the street they're just hanging on people and
3: one of them jumps out of the raised hood of a car yeah. i think and then kate just takes it <laughs> and slams it, it down yeah it's
2: just like running trying to get away from these things yeah
3: because they are just attacking obliterating everything. this town yeah and anything is in their way they this when you're what you're talking about they go into the bank
2: and it, the gremlins have already been there yeah They've tore up the whole bank
3: yeah the bank is trashed this is kind of the point where billy tells kate what these things are yeah you know because you know she's seen a uh, gizmo in the car and it scared her but mm-hmm. she said don't worry about it he's with but me." but these
2: don't look like gizmo
3: yeah but yeah. you know because while i was in the car there very briefly she said this is gizmo he's with me don't worry yeah. about him and of course like i said now in the bank she kind of he kind of tells her what these things are and then this kind of leads into probably the most infamous scene Scene in this film where
2: she tells the story about her father
3: who was trying to deliver christmas presents well he
2: disappeared on christmas eve and nobody knew where he went went yeah so they were trying to look for him in their house suddenly they started smelling like a foul odor and they thought it was something dead, like a dead animal in the chimney. Yeah, she was like
3: trying to light the uh, fire. fire in the fire it. the Stars heat made smell. it
2: to smell. Once they, I guess, they got someone to go up in the chimney or yeah. the chimney sweep
3: or tear it down. something,
2: they found her father dressed in a Santa suit and he had a bunch of presents. He must have been trying to surprise them on Christmas Eve. Place Santa and come down the chimney. And he fell and broke his neck. So he had been in there all that time.
3: And this is the one scene that the studios tried to get Joe Dante to cut.
2: Really? After all that in the kitchen?
3: Because they said just how
2: ominous, bleak that
3: scene is. Just what she's describing. And Joe Dante had to really fight to keep that scene in.
2: I thought it was a good touch.
3: Yeah. uh, I think really what happened is Steven Spielberg was a producer on this film and joe dante went to spielberg and you know spielberg was kind of like he was kind of on the fence about it too but then joe dante said no we got to keep this scene in it's very important and i think spielberg said well this is your movie i'll back you yeah so he was able to keep it in and i don't know i mean to me i don't see a problem with the scene because the film's already kind of going pretty dark already so this scene kind of just adds to that so I don't know. I, I just remember I found it kind of fascinating that they just thought that scene would turn people well, off so much. But then again, Joe Dante said he did go to a theater to watch it just with an audience. And people did leave during that scene. Really? Yeah, he said there was times where people would take their children and leave when that scene came on. Not the gremlin get put in a microwave and get blown up. Well, out.
2: I guess it's because it's more like something that could happen.
3: Maybe so. Maybe it's so. more
2: like reality... But I think it's just showing that, you know, this Christmas, despite what Billy was used to in his life, this Christmas went horribly wrong. Yeah. And it'll be a Christmas that he remembers like she remembers that
3: yeah i mean i just i think on joe dante the podcast he did he said he talked about seeing this a few times and when it was released and you know like go to a drive-in theater and just kind of watch it and then all of a sudden when that scene comes on car headlights turn on and oh people are backing gosh. out to leave
2: people are weird
3: yeah well it just shows people are very sensitive even back then maybe not as bad as they yeah. are now but even back then they well
2: were. i guess you don't want to care you don't want to scare kids like, oh, a parent died. Or maybe they didn't want kids to know that Santa doesn't exist.
3: Well, that's maybe what it is, too. <laughs> maybe that's what it is, too. But
2: I was always creeped because we didn't have a chimney. We didn't have a chimney for him to come in. My mom said that he had a key that he would just come in and give our present. And I always found it was creepy that some strange man was walking around in my house. Yeah. I would be terrified to go in there. And he was there. Yeah. I was scared that I would run into Santa. Totally not getting the fact that my mom would wrap the presents and leave all the boxes out for me to see.
3: Well, you could have just ran away with Santa.
2: Yeah, I guess.
3: You could have grabbed your can of <laughs> soup and off
2: with tough. it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, like here's my can of soup with no uh, can opener. And now you're
2: going to have to tell the story. because Well, I'll have to tell the story because nobody will understand what you're talking okay, about. Okay, you got to tell the story. Okay, when I was a kid, I decided to run away not because I was an unhappy child. I was bored. <laughs> So I packed my little bag and I got me a can of tomato soup, Campbell's tomato soup for my, to take with me and no can opener, no bowl, no nothing to eat it in. I just have my can. Yeah. (laughs) And I walked maybe like past the neighbor's
3: mailbox. Yeah.
2: And then I turned around and came home. (laughs) So that was me running away. Yeah. That was
3: you running away. (laughs) And one can of soup was going to feed you for the rest of your life. I had
2: that in my toy, my favorite toy called Blind Dog.
3: Oh, yeah. I remember you told me yeah, that. Yeah,
2: which is a whole other story. Yeah. But... Because my aunt would continuously sew eyes on him mm-hmm. because she said she didn't like the fact that he was disabled, Yeah, that he was blind. But he was, I couldn't have a dog that had eyes because his name was Blind Dog.
0: Well, he had are. to
2: have no eyes. I accepted him, yeah, the way he was, right? There you. So he, uh, he had an unfortunate ketchup accident, and my mom threw him away and did not tell me. Oh yeah, he got splashed by ketchup. That somebody stepped on a packet of ketchup and it sprayed him. Mm. And instead of trying to fix him, she threw him away. Yeah, and then just when I was looking for, him, I was like, I can't find blind dog. And she's like, I had to throw him away. She didn't even tell me. Mm i was like oh wow
3: well that was a
2: sherry's childhood files we just went through (laughs) yeah yeah
3: sherry's therapy session for today my mom
2: never understood me
3: no not at all (laughs) but anyway back to gremlins uh
2: right
3: (laughs) what is it okay this is where billy and kate walk out of the bank and and everything is calm the
2: streets are abandoned there's no people there's no gremlins
3: yeah everything's calm and quiet and you know the gremlins are gone And they're just walking around and they're like, this is very weird. Yeah, where did they go? Then they walk up to where the movie theater is. And then they kind of notice maybe something there. I I don't know if they see... I can't remember if they see a gremlin that should go inside or if they see like a glass busted or something. Yeah,
2: well, they they figured is it starting to get light
3: no not yet no. not
2: yet i guess they figured that they were wanting to try to find a dark place to be all together yeah so a theater would be a good place
3: and they go into the movie theater and that's when they see some of the gremlins there they are i wow. guess
2: watching yeah. snow white and the seven Dwarfs.
3: yeah they are, ma- needless to say, making a ruckus in there, too. They're yeah. screwing up the projector.
2: Yeah, and it just trips me out how many of them have popcorn buckets on their head.
3: Yes, yes. They've got
2: the little eyes cut out and their ears sticking out. It's mm-hmm. so cute.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're sitting there doing that, and then that's when they start up Snow White. The film just yeah. starts, and then they're just They're
2: passing. just mesmerized by it.
3: Yeah, and they love it. And
2: then they immediately start singing, hi-ho, hi-ho. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that yeah, song that yeah. the drawer sing. Yes. Which I have never seen that movie.
3: Oh, I've wow, never really? seen Snow White oh, God, I've, I've seen I've it. I've never seen that I've seen it. I think I remember they. I watched it in a re release in the theater. I didn't like Isaac. little girl
2: things when I was little. I always wanted to watch He Man. I wanted to play with G.I. Joes. I didn't like Barbies.
3: I love cartoons. Yeah. And it didn't really matter to me if yeah. it was whatever it was. You yeah. know, I would watch them. Um, Billy kind of has an idea when he sees this and they, he, they wanna, he wants them to make their way to the bowler room. The
2: bowler room, yeah
3: and you know they him and kate along with gizmo in a bag behind the screen and they go down into like a basement area and you know go to the boiler room to kind of just i guess set the place up to blow up strike goes out of the theater to look for some more food he goes into the concession area and everything is gone because i guess he's trashed and ate yeah. everything
2: so he just kind of looks across the street through the window and he sees a candy sign yeah and then he doesn't know what that is
3: no but (laughs) i I think he might have an idea so he goes
2: yum yum
3: yeah i guess apparently they can read too yeah then you know we cut back to billy i don't know he's
2: kind of pulling the the gas line
3: yeah, he's so pulling that the, the gas. gas is leaking out yeah, into he, the air. And then he sets up something to start burning.
2: Just outside the boiler room door. Yeah, yeah. He lights like a piece of white cloth. He lights the fire on it. And
3: then they kind of take off behind the screen and just as they're going behind the screen the film stops so and the gremlins see, see, see them shadows. yeah and then the gremlins see them and then they're coming toward the screen which is kind of a creepy shot because they're running away With from the screen behind come through it. and they're, they're like just... yeah shadows of them and they're clawing well, to come through the screen which yeah. I, I really like that shot that was very yeah. cool. they are running and they got these herd of gremlins running behind them like Mm -hmm. one of them you said with the popcorn thing on his face and everything with the eyeballs cut out so you (laughs) can see
2: that's my favorite
3: (laughs) yeah and then they run out of the door
2: and they they try to bar the door so that the gremlins can't get out
3: yeah and i think billy grabs something while kate's holding the door so he can kind of brace the door so they can't get out and then they run away they
2: run across the street and hide behind a car and just as they get to that car to hide the place just blows yeah, up. yeah
3: the end of gremlins are inside on fire and being burned and uh-huh. everything and then the theater just blows up
2: yeah and they quickly see i mean they kind of for a moment think oh it's over yes but then they see stripe
3: yeah and then they see "Uh oh or stripe and he's he,
2: busting into the he that was in, candy store. Yeah, he was, it inside, was like a department store. It's a
3: department store kind of candy store, and he was like in the in the shop window, I guess, there yeah. grabbing candy when so that happens. So they
2: realized Stripe's still alive, yeah. and, and it figures, right? Yeah, of course.
3: You know they got the big showdown with the main one. <laughs> you know, they go inside, and Billy sends Kate with Gizmo to go try to find something to get the lights on.
2: But before he walks off, they share their first kiss. Yeah,
3: he, he gets a smooch you know in case uh you know he he dies or she dies or something you gotta get that smooch in and then billy grabs a ball bat and he's going on the hunt for stripe
2: and stripe attacks him pretty early quick well
3: as billy's walking through there and like his tv area
2: oh yeah the tv's come on
3: yeah and stripe is in the tv and billy hits one of the tvs with
2: the uh he knows that it stripe has to be near the video camera that's showing yeah. on all these tvs
3: yeah and he hits one of the tvs as stripes uh Bust stripe, it. Yeah. and then he kind of looks over where the camera is and the camera's not moving so yeah. stripe was just there and he just ran yeah. off yeah. And yeah. then
2: stripe starts throwing uh saw blades at him
3: let's see here is this the point where there was it before this where Kate is like messing she's, around with the dials?
2: She's in the electrical room of the store, and she kind of sits Gizmo in the chair. She's trying to start messing with the all the electrical board, trying to figure out how to...
3: Yeah, but she's not able to get the lights on right yeah. yet. But she turns the music on, and then there's a fountain that turns fountain.
2: on. Yeah, and she turns around, and she notices that Gizmo's gone. Yeah. He's done got out of the bag. I think as she was messing with it it kind of showed him crawling out of the bag
3: yeah that's what i was thinking too and this is about the time where we go to what you were saying where billy's kind of walking around and then a saw blade he gets just, thrown yeah,
2: at yeah Stripe starts throwing saw blades at him doesn't it show him he's got one of the the baseball things that you use it like training places where it, that shoots, the ball it shoots the ball out and, like, if you were by yourself, it would cheat the ball and you yeah. could hit it. Yes. He's shooting them and hitting Billy with them. Billy's trying to hit him with the bat, but they Stripe just it. Stripe gets away
3: it. on a tricycle at that point. Yeah, because he takes off. And this is the point where Kate, then we cut back to her, she realizes Gizmo is gone.
2: Yeah, Gizmo's gone.
3: Because you see, then you see a little shy Gizmo kind of scooting away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> billy is then back kind of walking around trying to find stripe stripe attacks him again but this time stripe has a crossbow he
2: shoots him in the arm and
3: he shoots billy in the arm with a a crossbow. and billy needless say falls down from this and he's hurt pretty bad and then you hear a chainsaw revving up
2: yeah stripe is coming at him with a little chainsaw
3: And where he got a chainsaw this little that he could hold. You know, he's coming at Billy with a chainsaw and then all of a sudden we hear a little car going. Yeah,
2: we see a quick scene, Gizmo's in a little pink Barbie car. Yeah,
3: and and (laughs) he and what we're doing here is a little bit earlier in the movie, he was watching a movie, I think it was a Clark Gable race car movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, he was
2: pretending like he was driving.
3: Yeah, he was pretending like he's driving. And now he's really driving. He's really driving. And he's hearing this movie playing <laughs> in his head now. So he's driving he's a so car. Cute.
2: It's a perfect size for him.
3: Yeah, I know. It's actually one of the few things that they actually do have that fits. <laughs> a stripe is coming at Billy with this chainsaw. And Billy's like holding up a ball bat. And about this time, I Kate finds the lights. And the lights come on and switch on. And as the lights switch on stripe is blinded and he's like falls down and the electric chainsaw is still going and like pulls him away from billy
2: yeah it just kind of drags him across the floor yes he's still hanging onto the chainsaw and he just kind of blams into the wall and he immediately sits up and sees that fountain
3: and then he looks at you know the fountain and he looks over toward billy he's and like and shit yeah it's like water oh no yeah and you're that's what you're thinking like, You're like, oh, oh shit. no here we go. not again And then we cut outside and uh randall is pulling into town and i guess he's probably just like what in the hell happened here
2: yeah he sees that and barney just jumps out of the car
3: yeah barney i think barney senses where billy is because you know you know and and of course uh randall gets out of car and goes uh and follows them
2: yeah but when they were coming in billy had busted the front window so they could come in so barney just goes through the window yeah that's true and he's up in there, and as, just as he gets in there, Gizmo nearly runs over him, Barney.
3: Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Gizmo's like, you know, in his little car, he's going, coming to the rescue, yeah. basically. Stripe has made his way to the fountain, and he's got yeah. a handgun now.
2: I know. And where he got that, I don't know. I don't
3: know. Well, it's a department store who knows where Could he you got
2: you have it. sold, like, a pistol like that in the past? Would they sell them in stores like that? Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. If you go by the world of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Commando... Oh. <laughs> there you can go to a store and open the back and there's rocket launchers and everything in there but you know that's the world of commando which is a film i'll have to cover one day because it's a bonkers fun action movie but yeah then we go back to like i said we go to the gizmo driving you know to to save the day
2: crashes near the fountain
3: yeah well not quite yet what is happening is stripe is firing a gun at billy Billy, and he's on the fountain you see some water starting to get on stripe.
2: He's sticking his finger in. And then it.
3: he sticks his finger and onto it's bubbling the fountain, on his and then back. he's starting to bubble and he's like almost laughing, like, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm
2: He's about to multiply.
3: He's about to multiply again. This is about time Gizmo is driving and there's like a shovel or something uh, on the ground and then he just hits he that shovel it. like around and he <laughs> launches toward the uh, shades. Stripe looks over there and he's like, Gizmo there. yeah Yeah. and then stripe kind of looks over there at the shade and then he does a horror of dracula where he's like peter cushing and he pulls the shade (laughs) up and there's sunlight outside (laughs) and the sunlight comes in and hits stripe
2: yeah and he just kind of melts yes it's gross
3: yeah this is very gooey same. Gooey right and here
2: goopy the slow it's... mo of him just melting yeah it's and just,
3: like a painful death yeah that he's having billy
2: kind of scoops up gizmo quickly and puts him in a scarf so he doesn't get hurt by yeah, the sun yeah
3: and this is well randall comes in and comes to see what's going on and you know billy and kate are there billy and walks over
2: to the water fountain and Stripe just pops out jump scare where Stripe kind of jumps out of the water fountain. He's just pretty much a skeleton now.
3: And this is when uh, Billy asks his dad, can I have your scarf? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, and then he uh, puts gizmo in. Yeah, it. he wraps up gizmo in a scarf. Yeah, and you just kind of leave there as the dog is kind of looking at the fountain where Stripe is basically melted into a puddle of goo on the floor. Yeah. Stripe is just no more, basically. Yuck. Then we go to the Pelser home.
2: Yeah, and they're watching the news about all the chaos that the Gremlins have caused.
3: Yeah, and basically the media at this point is blaming it on mass hysteria. Hysteria, Which, how you would blame it on mass hysteria with all that destruction and everything that went on. Well, we
2: see how what's going on nowadays, it can happen.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Then, you know, Gizmo is getting... his temperature check with checked a l- little thermometer put yeah. in his mouth. She c-
2: says, Don't bite it. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's don't Kate. bite it. And then the mom is talking about like, you know, getting maybe a little bit of chicken soup or something yeah. like that. And she turns around and walks to the kitchen. The old man from the beginning there. He's
2: standing there, that Chinese guy.
3: Yeah, he is standing there. Um
2: He's there for Gizmo.
3: Yeah. I guess he tracked him down. Yeah. There? Yeah. Or something.
2: I, was like, I mean, how long has it been? Has it just been a couple of days? It,
3: it's only been. It didn't
2: take them any amount of time to break all three rules. I'm gonna
3: say this movie takes place in the right, which of two is days, why maybe.
2: he knew he was like he's not for sale. Yeah, because what could happen?
3: The old man says, "I've come for Maguire." Maguire, yeah. And Billy's like looking like dad. Dad,
2: I don't, don't let him take him. Yeah, he but, don't want to give him back. But
3: Randall's like, no, no, yeah. this got to be. And the old man sitting there talking to Gizmo. And Gizmo's like, you know, chirping back at him.
2: Yeah, and he and, tells them that they're not ready to have him.
3: Well, he says you can understand him. I think, is that the point where he says that? Can you understand him? He well, said, that's later. That's later, okay. Yeah, when he's leaving. But, you know, he said the old man says there's a box.
2: Well, he, he's talking about they're not ready to have him yet. and They're not responsible enough. And there's a little scene is a message about nature. He talks about that. We have a a message kind of about how people treat nature. It's kind of like put in there.
3: Well, here was one thing that was a little bit before this that I found interesting is where the old man is uh, looking at Gizmo and just kind of glances. And it's like, you taught him to watch television. Yeah. He
2: didn't take in what was going on.
3: Yeah. He didn't know because he notices the chaos on TV. Yeah. But he said,
2: you taught him to watch television. Yeah, it's like he didn't take in that what had happened.
3: He didn't know all this Because I wondered
2: happened. if he heard about all that and that's where he came to them.
3: Yeah, no, but he, he didn't know about this. Yeah, until he didn't you
2: have to like he didn't know.
3: And yeah. this is where it kind of comes to talk about where, you know, you're not ready for nature's gifts. Right. You know, mankind isn't ready for right. nature's gifts.
2: He wants the box that Gizmo came in so he could take him. And as he's leaving gizmo wants to say something to billy and billy goes over to him and he goes bye bye billy mm-hmm. it's kind of sad
3: mm-hmm. well he says that
2: the old man's like someday maybe you, be, you might be ready
3: well and but also billy even asked this is maybe this is the point he says you can understand yeah. what he says he said yeah if you listen if you, you can, listen
2: uh, you can hear yeah
3: you can understand yeah. says you know maybe one day
2: You'll be ready. You'll be ready, and
3: the Magua will be waiting.
2: Until then, Gizmo will be waiting. And the old man kind of walks out of their house and starts walking up the road with Gizmo.
3: Into the snowy night.
2: Yeah, and you get like the little voiceover Randall talking about monsters under your bed and all this stuff, and then it rolls out to the credits.
3: Well, right before that, uh, this is Randall says. I'm sorry for all the problems I've caused you. Yeah. I'd like you to accept this little gift. Oh, yeah.
2: He <laughs> gave me and the then, bathroom, and, buddy.
3: And, no. Oh, uh, the smokeless ashtray. Yeah, and the old man says, ah, smokeless ashtray. <laughs> And he's like, uh, Randall's like, oh, you know what this is? Says, yes, man. <laughs> a uh, convenience store tried to give it to me. Do you
2: remember? Do, we didn't talk about the scene where Randall's coming out after he gave that guy? Oh, that's right. Remember the? He's holding the ashtray, standing in the doorway, and just smokes billowing out of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's supposed yeah. to be the smokeless ashtray. <laughs> yeah,
3: that thing's brutal. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. So I guess mention. that
2: guy's like, I got jumped. Yeah, I'm but- trying to sell this whole band. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and then this is where the old man leaves, mm-hmm. and I love this shot of him just like yeah, walking, just walking up the, up the street the into the night. You yeah. know, the snow on the ground, and that's when Randall is narrating the end. Here, he says, "You know, if you got a, a machine on the fritz or something yeah. goes on, just be careful. You might have a gremlin under your bed, um, or under your bed or in yeah. your house, or something." Yeah, and, and then it rolls
2: out to the theme
3: Yeah, so. I guess that is the end of the film. Yeah. So what do you want to do? You want to hit the trivia yeah, now?
2: Yeah, well, I'll do trivia first. Okay,
3: I'll let you uh, read yours off first, and then okay. I'll Okay, I just
2: copy from IMDb, and I'm just going to run through. I've got some goofs, and um, just I'm just going to run through a few of each. Sure thing. The set for Kingston Falls is the same one used for Back to the Future in 1985. Both movies were filmed on the Universal Studios backlight. Hmm. Wasn't that actually where Burps was filmed, too? Or one of their backlots?
3: I think it was... Uh, it might have been one of their backlots. I can't be sure.
2: Originally, Stripe and Gizmo were the same character. This changed when executive producer Steven Spielberg insisted one of the gremlins be a good guy with whom the audience could identify. Director Dante expresses that his, this decision was the reason why the film is fondly remembered. And it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, it's true. Because mm-hmm. if they had... If Gizmo had been so cute and Mm -hmm. lovable and then turned evil, I don't think it would have been as popular. The Santa speech proved to be controversial and studio executives insisted upon its... Okay, well, that's what you were saying. That's what I was talking about earlier, yes. However, Joe Dante stubbornly refused to take the scene out, saying it represented this movie as a whole, which had a combination of horrific comedic elements. Executive producer Steven Spielberg did not like the scene but despite his creative control, he viewed this movie as Dante's project and allowed him to leave it in. There, you yeah. In Cantonese, mangua means devil, demon, or gremlin. Mandarian pronunciation is magu. Magu. At least one of Phoebe Kate's scream screams in the scene at Dory's Tavern is genuine. An enormous cockroach crawled out in front of her during one take. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mm. They left it.
3: Oh, well, yeah.
2: One of the studio notes to director Joe Dante and executive producer Steven Spielberg on seeing the first cut was that there was too many gremlins. Spielberg suggested cutting them all out and calling the movie people. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's the whole point. They're missing the point.
3: They are missing the point (laughs) completely, yes.
2: Zach Galligan recounted in an interview that when the movie was made, there was no CGI, so all the gremlins were animatronic. Each cost in between thirty to forty thousand dollars. Yeah. When no, when everyone left for the lot left the lot for the day, security would have everyone open their trunks of their cars to make sure they weren't stolen. Oh, well I could see wow. that. Wow. Yeah.
3: Well that's a lot of money. The Even film was
2: name. the film was released on the same day as Ghostbusters, nineteen
3: eighty four. Yep. I have it in my Wow, favorite. and yeah. it did
2: good. An earlier attempt to have monkeys play the gremlins were abandoned was abandoned because the test monkey panicked when made to wear the gremlin head.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that.
2: After watching Tim Burton's earlier short films, executive producer Steven Spielberg considered him to direct this movie. He decided against it, however, because at the time, Burton had never directed a full feature-length movie.
3: 84, yeah, that yeah, would be about it. Right. Yeah, time. He'd
2: just done shorts. Um, director Joe Dante prefers Gremlin 2, the new batch, to this movie wow
3: actually i kind of agree with that
2: i don't remember that one
3: i i agree with him in a way but here's the way i look at it you couldn't have gremlins 2 without part one because part two kind of makes fun of this one Mm -hmm. in a way
2: oh does it yeah Executive producer Steven Spielberg had a great working relationship with screenwriter Chris Columbus on this movie, and he produced the the next two movies Columbus scripted: The Goonies, 1985, based on an idea Spielberg had, and Young Sherlock Holmes, 1985, which was Columbus's idea. Oh, wow. Although three years was spent working on these three movies. Wow,
3: well, Young Sherlock Holmes! I haven't watched <laughs> that movie in years.
2: In the bar scene, the video game the Gremlin is playing is Star Wars 1983.
3: Oh wow, I didn't even <laughs> realize that. But yeah, that is that is that game. I forgot about that.
2: And there, my the next one was the horrible things to do to Gizmo list. Yes. we won't go through that again. Yeah, yeah. The original script contained a scene when the Gremlin, where the Gremlins attacked a McDonald's, eating the customers instead of burgers. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There are so many connections to executive producer Steven Spielberg's other, other popular movie, E.T., 1982. One of the gremlins plays Phone Home. There's a stuffed E.T. at the beginning. One of the movies on the marquee is A Boy's Life, which was the fake name under which E.T. was shipped to theaters.
0: Oh, wow. I'm going to
2: go. Durham One Night Shoot. Problems with the Grenland puppets were so severe that the entire cast fell asleep on the set during the delay.
3: Oh, that's not surprising. Well, that's
2: kind of what you were saying. There's mm-hmm. so many of them. Yeah. Any of them having problems, you just can't get the scene to work. Though he followed the basic outline of the script, Hoyt Axon is said to have improvised nearly all of his lines. That's his dad, Randall. Yeah, Randall. <laughs> yes. Which I would believe because it's the way he his dialect was.
3: Yeah, his delivery. Yeah, well, he he was pretty natural in mm-hmm. the film. I mean, he had a good delivery. He was pretty natural delivery on everything.
2: The fourth biggest grossing film of 1984.
3: Yep, I have that here as well.
2: Okay, let's go down some of the other stuff. Oh, Joe Dante still owns the Peltzer Peeler
3: Juicer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder if it works.
2: <laughs> it didn't end. Okay, let's just say this is Cameo. Steven Spielberg as the man in the electric wheelchair at the science convention when Randall is on the phone.
3: I never noticed that before.
2: Well, it rolls across in yeah, front of I him. Yeah, I remember
3: that scene, but I never noticed it was Steven Spielberg. Oh. Chuck
2: Jones, the Warner Brothers animation legend, makes a brief on-screen cameo in the scene with Billy. You said something about yep, that at the bar. in the bar. bar. Jerry Goldsmith, the film's composer is the man in the telephone booth at the science convention who glances at the camera.
3: Oh, I didn't even realize that either. <laughs> wow.
2: James MacGrell, TV reporter, Lou Landers. He's the one at the end when they were talking about the...
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: Goofs. Audio-visual unsynchronized. When Mr. Hansen is calling the gremlin to come out from under the desk, his mouth does not move with the words being said. Hmm. There's not many of these. It's a continuity. When Mr. Hansen is looking for the changed gremlin after the class leaves, the movie projector is still running and gets to the end of the reel. You can see the film flapping, as you would expect, but it's on the feed rail, not on the take-up rail, on the back, as it should be when the film finishes. Not to mention there's no drive on the feed rail, only the take-up rail. When the gremlin is hiding under the table, the plastic brain over the table changes positions between shots, and I guess in the lab. Yeah after billy accidentally squirts the shaving cream at his father's face mr Peltzer tries to clean himself off in the next shot his face is completely clean but his chest is covered in it
3: well i thought i seen him wiping his face right before that because that's why i assumed he didn't have any on his face because the first place he started wiping himself off was his face
2: just before pete cuts the line of the christmas lights that The sheriff closes the window of the police car in order to keep the gremlins out. The window is alternately open, closed. Hmm.
3: I never noticed that.
2: When Billy carries Gizmo to the bathroom to bandage his head, Gizmo is visible in the bathroom, already sitting on the counter. Did you remember that? No. I thought he was carrying him.
3: I thought he was carrying him, too. I'll
2: have to look back at that. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I don't know. That don't make any sense to me, but maybe so.
2: Errors in Geography. For a movie supposedly set in late December in Northern State, all of the deciduous trees still have leaves on them. The most obvious place to see this is in the opening scene when Billy is trying to start his car in the front of his house.
3: I never noticed. I remember I just seeing snow all over the trees, but I didn't pay attention if there like was actual leaves still on.
2: Actual errors. A Volkswagen Beetle does not blow steam after repeated starting attempts. Air-cooled VWs do not have radiators
3: i don't know anything about bugs (laughs) what the
2: hell the gremlins run part of snow white and the seven Dwarfs, starting with hi-ho which is at a point much closer to the start of the movie than the real four indicated on the header would include okay crew and equipment visible when the cocoons are opening up in zach's room you can clearly see a green light bulb inside one of them
3: you know that's weird inside the pot
2: i thought it was the just the way it looked
3: yeah i thought it was just like glowing because they were hatching
2: yeah and when the water turned green at the pool
3: yeah i mean i didn't think that that was a bulb or something you know i mean i just thought it was part of metamorphosis i didn't think anything about that
2: when the police car is shown upside down you can see the steel skid plate on the underneath of the car that that was used to make it jump the track
3: i never noticed that it just
2: happened so quick
3: yeah i never pay attention to that
2: As Billy's mother attempts to back another gremlin into the microwave at one point, when things cut to show us the scene from the top of the oven POV, you can see the puppeteer's head ever so briefly before he ducks below the obscuring microwave. The arm of the puppeteer can be seen when the gremlin is attempting to choke Billy's mother. I think that's all I'm going to do. A lot of these are repetitive kind of things.
3: Well. I'll uh, throw out some of mine. I think you covered a couple of mine, but I still got some other stuff here. The budget of the film was originally $11 million, which I think, even for back then, was relatively cheap for a movie like this. Yeah,
2: considering those animatronics cost so much.
3: Yeah, that's what I know. Wow. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, I think they said it was a little higher budget than they intended for the film to be, but mm-hmm. it's still for $11 million. That's not bad. And this film was originally only a spec script. That from Chris Columbus. Spec script is basically a script that you just show to people to say, hey, I can write a screenplay and here, here's something I can write Yeah. to get you a job. It, it was never intended to be filmed until I think Spielberg got his hands on it read it and said, hey, I would like to do this as kind of a lower budget kind of little horror movie. Wow. And that's how it kind of went into, you know, went into production. And of course, we kind of talked about this a little bit, where the original script was much darker, where the gremlins killed a mother and threw her head down the stairs, the dog is eaten by the gremlins. Wow. Yeah, and of course, what you talked about originally, Gizmo was going to transform into Stripe.
2: Oh, I wouldn't have liked that.
3: No, that would have been uh, something completely different yes. and a lot darker. Most of the special effects work was done after the film was shot. You know, they sent, after they would shoot all the stuff they could with the actors, and the main brunt of the special effects work was done after the actors were gone. Wow. I think Dante said it was easier because it would keep the film on budget because you ain't got actors sitting around waiting to work all the time. You just shoot all of their stuff. And just, you know, and then send them home mm-hmm. and then do the rest of it. Uh, the gremlin in the microwave was just a balloon with slime and goo inside of it. Because they
2: did blow up pretty easy. Yeah,
3: I think it was just basically a little gremlin-shaped kind of little balloon. It wow. just kind of blew up. Film was uh, shot on the Universal and Warner Brothers backlight. Which I can understand that he shot the burbs the same way on the lot, and mm-hmm. you can kind of control your control shooting. Control
2: your area, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah a, lot, a lot easier than if you were shooting in a main area. Uh, this film and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom helped create the PG-13 rating.
2: I had that, but I didn't say it because I figured you would have that. Yeah, <laughs> uh...
3: I do remember that was in the news at the time where they talked about how this film and that film was like, no, these are a little too rough to be a PG. We need a different rating. And they finally settled on that. And uh, my last two bits of trivia here is something you kind of went into briefly. This film and Ghostbusters opened on the same day. Can you imagine? June 8th, 1984. I Uh, don't know
2: if I would have liked to have to make the decision which to go see.
3: I mean, I did remember these films came out around the same time, but I didn't realize they were out the same day. Now, I do remember seeing Ghostbusters opening day. And I do remember seeing this movie. I don't think it was opening day, but I think I went and seen it the weekend it was out, but I don't remember what day. So i seen both of these, but I didn't realize it was that close together that they were out. Uh, Ghostbusters was the number one film. This was the number two film and it made 12 million dollars 12.5 $12. million dollars on this weekend uh number two
2: yeah because i uh i love gremlins but you can't beat ghostbusters
3: uh this film ghostbusters made 1.1 $1. 1 million dollars more than wow, this so one not, did.
2: not too far yeah
3: that it was kind of a neck and neck yeah that they did i mean like i said i didn't realize they were released that close together but, you know, it's like I said, I mean, that was a good little weekend at the theater back yeah. then. And the film turned out to be the fourth highest grossing film of the year. I think you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, 1984. Yeah, and it was right behind the films uh, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Ghostbusters.
0: Ghostbusters, sure.
3: yeah. and of course, Gremlins was number four. It was in the top five of the highest moneymakers of that year. So needless to say, that meant a sequel would Mm. be happening
2: would be happening
3: and of course it did maybe a little later than it should have but it didn't happen
2: we'll have to watch that because i don't remember the second one that well
3: yeah we well i was planning to do it on the podcast at some point yeah so uh but yeah we can definitely do that but that's really all my trivia because you hit a lot of the stuff i talked about already so i just had to x mine out so my (laughs) trivia is a little short this time but that's what i have right there so But I guess we will go into our final thoughts, and Mm -hmm. since this is your pick, I will let you go first.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed, I knew this one was going to hit my list at some time, but I didn't know that I was going to have Christmas. I actually hit all the holidays this year. I got Halloween and Christmas. Yes, you did. I knew I was going to do it at some point, but then I felt like, okay, since I have Christmas, I just didn't know when or what year I would do it or how soon I would do it, and I thought, well... When I started thinking of what can I do for a Christmas movie, this one immediately popped in my head. Oh,
3: yes. I can understand why.
2: Because it's, you know, there's so much Christmas in it. that, And I, I kind of didn't want to do like a like a happy Christmas movie, like a your like, typical traditional oh, Christmas can, movie. Uh, I like didn't want to like do Like a that. Hallmark movie or something. Yeah, yeah. Barf. Yeah, barf. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I enjoyed getting to watch it. Again, because oh, yeah. I always enjoy it. Like it, it moves so quick. It's an hour forty minutes something, and it's it moves so quick.
3: Yeah, it's an hour hour forty five yeah. something like that. Yeah,
2: it's not deep. You don't have to really concentrate too much. You just sit, watch it and enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't. I mean, it doesn't. You could pick some scenes and make some deepness out of it, but why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just let it be what it is and. You know the little nature talk with the old man. Yeah. You can see how like men always try to manipulate and control
3: yeah, animals
2: and nature and try to make it what they want it to be. You can go off those little tangents, but why do you really want to do that?
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are articles on that somewhere online you could read. Oh, I'm sure. Easily.
2: I just didn't think too much about that, especially when I was a kid. I just loved gizmo. I was in love with gizmo. I wanted a magua. I wanted to have one. Of course, my mother probably would not have, you know, if there were mogwais, she wouldn't have let us have one. Yeah. You were <laughs> just, I definitely would have knocked water on him or... a
3: mechanic. I
2: w- <laughs> <laughs> ran away with him in my book bag. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, it's just, it's almost like it's nostalgic when I think about it. It's just like a mm-hmm. big part of my childhood, you know, when I think back. Like you know, living in your house with your family and watching it at home with my whole family, which you know both my parents are dead. Yes, you know I don't really speak to my siblings, yes. so it's like my whole family's just gone. Like yes. I just have you and, and your family. Yes, now, you know, but it's it's a good to think back to my childhood. Oh yes, because yes. this one was such a big movie that I loved everybody loved gremlins back then
3: yeah it was a very popular movie back in the day
2: yeah and you know it's just it'll always be one of my favorites not my favorite movie ever but if it's you know like a a little cutesy movie you know with a little character it'll probably be on my top five List well, I will remember
3: that when we watch munchies or oh, hobgoblins oh or something geez. like that. You will eat those words. I, I
2: like the um, what are you, the one with the little drill on his head,
3: puppet master, master. Of puppet, puppet Ma- master, puppet
2: masters. I, that was always my thing when yep. I was
3: little, yeah.
2: I love them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember those. No, I did like um, gooey's
3: or um, critters,
2: critters, yeah. yeah I loved critters,
3: yeah. I, but, like I like those,
2: you know, this one's a little bit. More off left field than those. But it does have that centered kind of little creature factor. Little monsters that take over the whole area. You know, but I love the whole... I mean, the gremlins were kind of like, yeah, they were vicious little shits. But they actually were very funny and comedic. And they had a quality about them that were a little bit playful at times. Well, they were all
3: about the anarchy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoyed watching this and doing it and that, that it hit number 12 on our
3: podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, in a Christmas movie, it kind of fit right in.
2: And it's rounded off the year.
3: Yeah, rounds off uh, this year of podcast.
2: 2021.
3: Um, but, okay. So, is that that's your final it. thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll go into the rating for you okay. uh, out of 1 uh, to 10 Mogwai. One being the worst, 10 being the best. Uh, what would your number rating be on I'd so, rate this a 10. Oh, wow, 10. Ooh. Yeah,
2: it's perfect in my heart, oh. in my memories. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie.
3: Oh, I do too. I mean, this is very good. Yeah. So I can't fault you there. 10. So 10. Uh, so that's all you mm-hmm. got to say as your little final thoughts. Well, I'll go into my review. Uh, to start off, I found this film very dry and boring. <laughs>
2: You are crazy.
3: Now, uh, to uh, for people, if you listen to the previous episode, I'm still uh, going through post traumatic stress from Sherry's review of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You wouldn't even time. do
2: yourself wrong enough to say this movie no. awful. You love it. No. <laughs>
3: I mean, I finally was able to rally myself enough to do this podcast. <laughs> and he let me
2: out of the closet.
3: Yeah, well, I had to go see a therapist and kind of get myself <laughs> back together again. And I was finally, they they took me out of the straitjacket and said, okay, you can record this episode now. <laughs> you know, after the trauma that you uh, was inflicted on you. Oh, I wife.
2: am so sorry.
3: No, it's all right. No, I mean, this is a classic movie through and through to me. I mean, it really is. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff you said is pretty similar for me i watched Mm -hmm. this when i was a little kid in the theater i was probably like i said around 11 years old maybe 12 when this came out and i loved it i love the special effects i loved everything you know in that in that department of the film and really this was probably one of the first times as far as a film where i connected a director to another movie because I had seen The Howling before this. Right. I had seen Piranha before this. And I knew who made that film. So I, this was a film that had Joe Dante's name on it. And I was like, oh, okay. I know who made this movie. This yeah. guy made The Howling. He yeah. made Piranha. He yeah. did that segment in the Twilight Zone movie that creeped me out. Okay, yeah. I want to see this one too. I don't know. I mean, to me, I love the feel of this movie just a little small town kind of feel you know snow covered you know it's right before christmas and mm-hmm. it's an idyllic little town that this, this anarchy just yeah. happens because mm-hmm. of this uh little mogwai that's introduced in
2: and the probably the the worst they've had to deal with was miss deagle yeah in this town
3: yeah and, <laughs> and, and miss deagle was uh pretty uh easy to easy deal to with take out uh, yeah, yeah by comparison of what you got here i mean i think all the acting is great across yeah. the board and it's yeah. everybody's good in this movie mm-hmm. i love just the darkness of the film but i love the comedic elements too mm-hmm. i love that the gremlins will kill you but they're very yeah playful about it because i a found
2: way. it funny that they didn't try to hurt kate they were I, just actually letting her serve them beer and
3: well this. i think Kate served a purpose for them at right. that time up until yeah. she didn't serve a purpose, then they would have killed her. Yeah. You know, maybe once the beer ran out, yeah. <laughs> they would have probably tried to kill her. <laughs> you know, I, I loved the relationship between Billy and Kate. It was yeah. very natural mm-hmm. kind of relationship. It didn't feel like a movie relationship. Did it you just,
2: wonder if they got married?
3: Well, you see part two. I oh, see, the, I just don't remember. Or part, they're together. Yeah, during okay. part two. I think I already mentioned this about the special effects, but I love... Puppets. puppets and yeah. animatronic effects i'm not i don't mind cgi as much if it's used with practical effects right. like these like mandalorian yeah but when you're using something that's just all cgi it has no real weight to it it has no mm-hmm. real life to it but these right here even though there were puppets it was something there
0: yeah
3: it had some weight to it. it is something actually on the screen and not something a computer threw in mm-hmm and it scores a lot of points for me right there because yeah, I'll,
2: nothing can hold a shine of light on like labyrinth and dark crystal and all those pu- full of puppets yes there you can't make them nowadays
3: no no because people it's just all about well let's just do it on a computer
2: yeah, just make it easy
3: and i've said this a number of times over the years they keep talking about doing a gremlins 3 and of course um, it'll be cgi it'll and, be cgi and i'm frightened by that prospect yeah
2: you just ruining it
3: yeah because to me i don't think this would work no it wouldn't work no. i don't see how it could because joe dante said that these films were made the first one and the second one due to the constraints of the special effects you know you couldn't go too far with it he said the downside to it is doing a part three where you've got CGI and the sky's the limit. What story do you tell with the gremlins? Because to me, this one works because it's just fixated in a little small town. you mm-hmm. got these just average, normal people dealing with this. You know, and that's what makes it work. I mean, what are you going to do? Send the gremlins into space and just do some big elaborate action movie where there's CGI mm-hmm. explosions and stuff everywhere? I don't yeah. know. I just don't see how you could do anything yeah. that would be as good as this one. And or even the second one, yeah. for that matter,
2: it had to be a, a director that's willing to work with the history of the movie.
3: Yeah, and like I said, that would be difficult yeah. to find. I think yeah. I just don't see it. I don't know. I, I just always enjoy. I enjoy seeing the stock Joe Dante regulars in these movies, mm-hmm. like Dick Miller and Belinda Belaski. Yeah, and uh, Don Steele who was actually in a few uh, appeared in a few Dante films, like voice cameos or even in, in a role. I don't know. This is just one of my ideal movies to watch. Like, this is just a fun holiday movie for me. I mean, I know a lot of people back in the day talked about how bleak it was and how dark it was. I did hear some critics that said that. Yeah. Leonard Maltin hated this movie. He's a film critic, who's actually, ironically, a friend of Joe Dante's, who didn't like it. I know, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, Joe Dante offered Leonard Malton a, a uh, part in Gremlins 2 where the Gremlins killed him and he took it. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he was like reviewing the film Gremlins. Yeah. And then the Gremlins popped up behind him and they <laughs> grabbed know? him and got him.
2: I personally think that it kind of showed there were some things in this movie that just kind of represents that Christmas isn't always a good thing for people.
3: No, yeah, that's what like. Saying.
2: I always feel like. Except the last couple of years, that Christmas is just too stressful. And it just kind of like, so, you know, the guy that lost, Mr. Fetterman lost his job, yeah. you know, going through the holidays with no job. And, or even the lady w- with the kids. That, you know, that was going to be probably a bit wouldn't bit. help them during the, you know, you think those kids probably aren't going to get anything for Christmas. Because when they walk off, they were like, I'm hungry. Yeah. She says, I'm hungry too. They don't even have any food. So, most likely, they're not going to get anything for Christmas. Yeah, they're
3: going to be homeless and without yeah. food. Yeah.
2: And, like, Kate lost her father on Christmas. And, and you think about all, all the people that die on Christmas. Yeah. They're somebody's yeah. loved one. And yeah. that's what you remember going forward. Yeah. You know, it just kind of, to me, it was just more of a reality that Christmas isn't always lights and Christmas trees and, and mm-hmm. Christmas caroling. And it it can be a nightmare to people
3: well i mean i don't like to talk about this too much but i mean and i think i you know i don't really mention this to people at all but you know i remember there was a christmas or so where i volunteered at a soup kitchen you know this
2: was before we were together yeah
3: this was before you and i were together and i just remember going there and and why
2: did you choose to do that
3: because i felt like you know maybe i need to I didn't have anything else going on. And I thought, well, maybe I can use this and help other people, you know, do what I can do. And there was a soup kitchen in uh, our downtown. And I just remember I just walked in there and they were, you know, doing stuff. There was nobody in there yet, really just cooks and people putting stuff together. And I remember I walked up to somebody that was back there to cook and I said, "Uh, you know, you don't know me or anything. And I remember I just pretty much told this guy, I said, do you need any help? I mean i said put me wherever you want to put me and he said yeah we can always use help he said come on in the back you know i remember i washed my hands up and he said you mind uh maybe helping out with some of these dishes and then come over and help us with some of the cooking i said sure and just as the people started coming in they you know started serving the food and i just remember talking to these people and hearing that and i always looked like no matter how bad of a christmas i have at least I have a roof over my head right. and all this, and these people have it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of these people were very cheerful, right? And that's what really kind of hit me about that. You know, you know, Christmas isn't all fun for everybody, but yeah. despite that, some people do have a yeah, good outlook. Some
2: people that don't have anybody, yeah, they, they don't either. have family, they mm-hmm.
3: don't.
2: You know, you don't get invited anywhere. You just yeah by yourself
3: because that was just a very interesting Christmas for me in a lot of ways because I'm not a person that really goes around and talks to people a lot I'm Mm -hmm. just not an open person that I engage people a lot but I just would ask these people questions I'd say you know where where are y'all from or what do you do or anything Mm -hmm. like that we would just kind of spark up a conversation it just made me learn that you know Christmas isn't always fun for people but some people do still kind of try to keep a positive outlook and, I mean, I know this is kind of going off a little bit from what we're yeah. talking about here, but the, mm-hmm. I think that ties into a certain degree. Right. On there this was maybe. a message in this. Yeah, that, somewhere. you know, despite how bleak things can be at Christmas. You, you know, can get through it. Yeah, you can get through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is some good that will come out of it because, you know, Billy got to meet the little gizmo. That, and he
2: got to spend time with the girl that he, you know, and, and go through something really serious with her.
3: Yeah. And, and, and it, it bonded it, them. Yeah. Probably. And it totally, mm-hmm. and it completely mm-hmm. bonded them. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, I guess to kind of sum up my rambling here a little bit, <laughs> this is, this isn't my favorite Joe Dante movie, but this is, you know, one of my top favorites of his. Like, like I think I've said before about Joe Dante, I think i probably said it in the Burbs podcast. There's not a film of his that I can think of that I would sit there and say, okay, this movie sucks. I mean, there's some I like more than others, but I always, you know, enjoy his films in some degree. And this one falls into that category. And I know you said something in your trivia where he prefers the sequel to this one. I can't disagree with that because I feel like I enjoy the sequel a little more than this one, but I always look at it at the same time is part two couldn't exist without this one because part two references this one a great deal. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that. I almost enjoy both of the films equally, but for different reasons. Yeah,
2: they have their qualities. Yeah,
3: because part two has a different tone than this one does, but it's just as good. So, I mean, like I said, I can't fault anybody who would say that, but, you know, I think this would fall into equal categories with part two, which I do want to cover at some point because I do find it a very entertaining film. But I guess to kind of wrap up my thing here, I guess I will give my score on it. And okay. it's like 1 to 10, wise. 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. I'm not going to go with 10 like you, but I'll probably go a solid 8. It's a pretty solid 8, because this is another one of those films that falls into that category. Of like, I can sit down, put this in, and watch it any time and enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's a quickly paced movie. I think I even commented to you when we were uh, watching it, and I'm like, boy, this movie flies quick. Yeah, I, always forget, butt. I always forget that every time I watch yeah. this movie. But it's like it just moves at a steady pace. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't move too fast. It doesn't move too slow. It just moves at a solid clip where there's always mm-hmm. something going on. I don't know. I mean, to me, I always recommend this to people as like a Christmas movie to watch. I mean, maybe it's not people's ideal thing right. for a Christmas, but it's a fun Christmas movie mm-hmm. to watch. Like I said, I'm kind of glad that this was a our year-end wrap-up movie because this is yeah. a good one to go out on for the year.
2: We started with Rad and ended with Gremlins. Yeah, to,
3: to, well, you know, a lot of people might say, eh, hey, Rad and Gremlins might not be in the same league with each other. But this was a good one to round the year out on because, like I said, I really enjoy this movie. Yeah, I and, agree. And I could watch it anytime. We will. Oh, and we probably will. Like this, you know... We I think we've watched this at times maybe two or three times a year yeah. not even at Christmas Mm-mm. but like I said I guess that kind of wraps up my uh, final thoughts on this film and like I said a solid wrap up but I guess now um, we're going to go into um, our email we will yeah. drop our email address here themovieclinic at gmail.com not T-H-E T-H-A themovieclinic all one word at gmail.com drop us an email you know Recommend a movie. Yeah. You know, uh, if you got any interesting points on a movie we've covered, I would love to hear those.
2: We just want to thank everybody that's listening. And, you know, if you have any time, just pop us an email or pop us a comment, which one, which podcast for us this year was your favorite
3: yeah i would like to hear that yeah yeah uh which film or any films you would like us to cover and you can do that at the email or even on the facebook page right and yeah. we also
2: have a main website yeah the main movieclinic.com
3: yes and you can uh, get the podcast there
2: mm-hmm. or on
3: anchor i think you can find us on pod bay or player fm any of the apps mm-hmm. that you use
2: most of our traffic's coming from facebook so when we drop the post all the links are there yes so anywhere If you use Anchor, you use Apple Podcasts, whatever, there's links there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, and if there's a podcast app that you use and we're not on it. Let us know. Let us know and we will try to get on there. And I guess that will pretty much uh, wrap this episode up. But I will let you know what we're going to be doing in the new year. And uh, our first episode of January 2022 is going to be my pick. And the film is going to be Band of the Hand from 1986. Now, I don't know that you've ever seen this film. You might have watched bits of this one day when I was watching it, yeah, right? Yeah, I was
2: typing notes. So yeah, yeah. I was working.
3: Yeah. But, but
2: I was kind of mad that I had to work and I was I had to be concentrating on what I was doing. And it was good. I wanted to watch it.
3: Okay. Well, <laughs> well that's an encouraging thing because, like I said, that's the movie we'll be well, doing. I kept
2: looking up and I was like, what's going on? What... And, I, and then I'd have to get back to work, and then I kept glancing up at it. Yeah. Uh, distracting. <laughs> yeah.
3: But like I said, I'm going to start the year out with that in the film because it's a film that's not really that well-known. It's kind yeah, of a very under-radar film, it. almost like Rad to a certain degree. So, so I'm sure I'll
2: start out the year saying I've never seen this one, too. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: that seems to be par for the <laughs> course dorm. for you. Yeah. But like I said, I kind of want to start the new year with the way I started the previous year on a film that wasn't really well known, obscure. kind of under-the-radar film, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I'm going with here. This will be a very interesting film to talk about because this was done by one of our uh, previous uh, directors paul michael glazer oh wow who did uh the running man. man yeah yeah. so he directed this film yeah
2: i can see that
3: but like i said that's the film that we'll be covering in uh january 2022 yeah uh the new year of the movie client podcast so it's episode
2: 13 uh 13 13
3: 13,
2: 13.
3: Yeah. yeah but uh until we uh, talk to you again i'm david and i'm sherry and we will talk to you again soon
2: bye bye